This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States? So help you, God. Yes, I do. Congratulations and Godspeed. You know, my father always told me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And now we need to finish strong for the American people. We got a good team. We do. We got a good team, and uh, you know, seven four was a mirage. It was kind of a championship caliber defense. We've got uh, we've got a bunch of young guys that are going to get healthy and get back here. We have got an old line that's going to get healthy and get back here, and I know we'll get the quarterback position right. When all that happens, we're going to be in the same situation, and it's going to be about finishing, and it's going to be about finishing all offseason. Several New York City hospitals are bracing themselves as thousands of nurses threaten to walk off the job without a contract agreement. A strike will take place, and would have a major impact on patient care. Mount Sinai and Montefiore say the nurses' union has literally walked away from the negotiating table. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring. Puts its ring and I rise, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaven razor's cold and it sings. You know, on this date, Lou Rufino, back in 1967, the group you're playing right here, The Monkees, Daydream Believer, released their second album. It was called More of the Monkees, and it came out on this January day, 1967, about three months before I was born. The Monkees' second album, More of the Monkees, as we start this Monday morning with Daydream Believer. Good Monday morning, Lewis. Uh, was it before or after Head? Um, well, <laughs> I'm I, testing. For me? Because <laughs> I, like, I, I like Head, actually. You like That's, Head? Yes. Yeah, so do that I, was, trust um, me. Yes. Who doesn't? That was so easy. Uh, <laughs> I might as well have tied down a raccoon and shot it. How was your weekend, Lewis? Oh, it was great. Lots yeah. of excitement. Like what? Well, I... You did nothing. What exciting? Well, I, I traveled to a place that you hate. Oh, you did not go too. to Catatonia, New York? I was close. Why do you go to these terrible places? Why? Well, they're, they're beautiful. Actually. No, they're not. MJ tells you to go someplace in the dead of the winter. Nobody even goes out in those towns. It's so damn cold and gross. 
And then you go and then you say stupid things like it was beautiful because you're deathly afraid of your fiance. All right. So now I'm going to uh, debate you on this because the second I drive up there, I feel calm and relief. I'll give you that. It is calm. I'll give you that. So I got that. Yeah. And the second I drive. Because my mom lives up there, as you know, about about two hours north by Monticello. It is calm and it's a great place to die like Jack Nicholson did in The Shining. Fine. Then I'll die up there. Yeah. But it's nice. The area is in the mid It's It's cold spring. It's, it's very, terrible. No, it's not. It's all Guyam. There's no, no Jewish people, none. No. No. It's all shtick drek Guyam. Okay, I'm, no waiting money. For, I'm waiting for the negatives. <laughs> what are you, oh, wait a second. <laughs> wow. How long was the drive to get to this horrible place? It's a little over an hour. Oh, it's an hour and this is terrible. Why, are you, boy, you never drove an hour? An hour I did. Half? Of course I, I drove an hour. And Absolutely. I will say yeah. this. The second I hit the Bronx city limits, when I get back down towards the bridges. You start feeling anxious. I want to jump out of the car That's weird, and I know. kill myself. I so hear you. The shining sounds fine to me. <laughs> no there, there, there is something about the calm. I'll oh, give you that. Yeah. The driving sucks. Yeah. The second yeah. I hit the Bronx, somebody cuts me off. Almost hits me. People are in and out. People are insane. It's, no. I'm it's glad disgust- I asked you about this. I'm glad disgusting. I asked you about your weekend, Lou. <laughs> disgusting when you see it. You see yeah. garbage all over the place. But you live on the beach in Rockaway. I'm and- talking about when I get the city in general. Well, I know it's gross. The Bronx is gross and the city is gross. Although I will say this, talking about driving it in the city, after living in the city for eight days... I'm going to put a video up of my, of my house today. I showed it to Macedonia Phil this morning. So, Phil, your witness, how messed up is the inside of my house? Honestly. It's pretty messed up. Pretty messed up. Walls gone, ceilings gone. Now they're about to rip up the floors wow. sometime next week. That's a great weekend. You can't now even now live can't there. Even... <laughs> no, you can't live there. You can't, right. So we, we, uh, we spent eight days in the city. I, um, the insurance company, of course, uh, is supposed to take care of it. They haven't yet. I had to take care of it, and I'm broke. But uh, long story short, we stayed at a place called the U.N. Millennium Hotel. As you folks know, I walked to work last week. It was a seven-minute walk. That hotel is on 44th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenues, and it's great because it's four blocks away from the studios going in one direction and three blocks away from my gym, New York Sports Club, going in the other direction, right in the middle, and walking distance to both. So those eight days at that hotel was actually nice. So Saturday morning, we got to leave. And I have to tell you, it's hilarious. The girl at the desk, her name is Dorka. She's at the front desk. The guy making coffee in the restaurant downstairs in the lobby to the, uh, all the people that worked in the hotel, they thought I lived there. And they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going home. They're like, home? Isn't this your home? I go, no, 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 no. You have to understand. When I get a cup of coffee in the morning and it's $6, I give a $5 tip. When my luggage guy comes to bring up my luggage to my room, I give him 20 bucks, not 5 So even Dorka, when she checked me in, I gave her 20 bucks. So these people love me. And I found out a lot of them actually listen to the show. They love the show. So when I left on Saturday, they were like crying. They were sad, yeah. Crying. <laughs> Where and, are our tips going? And, then so, and I started to cry soon after that because I came to the realization I can't walk to work anymore. I can't walk to the gym anymore. And then I had not seen my house in eight days. Danielle, my beautiful wife, she had been back and forth twice. So she saw it. I saw nothing. I walked in on Saturday morning, and my daughter's toilet from her second-floor bedroom is literally by my front door. 
because they had to rip up all of Ava's bathroom because of the flooding. Oh, you're almost ready to get in then. Sounds good. <laughs> I was like, you have the toilet at least. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I have to move out because they're going to start ripping up the floors. Uh, more ceilings, more walls. I got my man Mike Butler, NYPD, on the job here. And we're going to have to find a place to live for about three months. So we're looking anywhere between Battery Park and Midtown Manhattan by the office. Because my son goes to school in Lower Manhattan. I work in Midtown. Danielle is going to start working in Midtown in all likelihood. So it makes sense. Ava's in college in Europe anyway. It makes sense for us to kind of spend a couple of months in the city until they rebuild my house. Come summer, my house is going to be the nicest house in Rockaway. But right now, it looks like a homeless shelter. With four toilets by the front door. (laughs) It's going to have that. That's how great it's going to be. It's a mess. Where are you going to be now? Well, right now I'm home in Rockaway. So you are in the house. I am in the house now, but uh, next week they start ripping up the floors. I got to be gone. So now the onus (laughs) is on my PA, Butler, to uh, help us find a place to live, which insurance is supposed to cover. They better cover it for the next couple of months. So there there are companies that work with insurance companies, and they they put people 5,000 a month, whatever it is, in a nice two-bedroom apartment in the city. And that's what they have to do until the house is complete. And we're looking at anywhere between three to six months of construction. And, um, you know, we, we could live anywhere, actually. We, I'm sure there are places in Rockaway, but being that we're all going to be in the city, going to school, working, it makes most sense to be here and uh, come back to the beach when the weather is nice. So that's what we're looking at. I mean, it's just been a, a crazy couple of weeks. Crazy. See, now upstate looks great, right? No. How about that? No. Yeah, still looks no, good. it never looks great. Okay. No. Just thought I'd. But I, I come yeah. in this morning. I look like a million bucks, tan, shaved, wearing a beautiful sports jacket, feel great, and not letting any of this stuff bother me. None of it. No, you're Teflon. <laughs> I am Teflon. So um, we got a great show coming up today, too. I'm so excited. A great guest list, Curtis Sliwa, coming up at 705, 740. From the National Review, Rich Lowry, 840, Ernie Anastas. I believe today is day one of the uh, the news icon, right? Ernie Anastas, whether it's CBS or Fox, you think of uh, nightly news in New York City, he comes to mind right away. He's a sweet guy, too. And I believe today is day one here at WABC. I don't know what he's doing, to be honest, but he'll be on with me at 840 and then maybe even on with us regularly because he's a really smart and wonderful guy. So Ernie asked us at 8.40 in a Vernikov here at 9.10. She's that beautiful councilwoman out of Brooklyn. And uh, you may remember we had Mike Ragusa in Studio Friday. He's running for city council up against guys like Ari Kagan. That's on the right side in the primary. If he wins out, he'll take on Justin Brennan, who is a Democrat. And everybody's been saying that Vernikov and Joe Borelli and all these folks are endorsing Kagan. So I get a text from Inna yesterday during the football game. She goes, I just listened to your interview with Mike on Friday. I said, oh, great. She goes, I've never endorsed anybody. I said, then come on tomorrow and correct it. So she'll be coming on at 9:10 to talk about the city council race in Brooklyn and then making her return to the Sid Rosenberg show. A lady that I loved was on my show for many, many years between Florida and New York, and then it ended. Because of too much political talk with me and Bernard, she is back today, my favorite ESPN Sports Center anchor ever, 
diehard Giants fan and just a really talented lady, the great Linda Cohn, back today at 925. Oh, Lou raised an eyebrow. You like that one. You like Linda Cohn. I like Linda Cohn a lot. She's a super lady. Yes, smart and uh, fun. All those things are true. Big, so big, big, big show. Fan. Yeah, big show coming up. I did speak to the mayor quite a bit yesterday. First of all, I told him, and I know Curtis is going to get mad, but I said, Mayor Adams, stop going back and forth with Curtis. Now, he's going to get mad, Curtis, and maybe the station management. I'm like, stop doing it. This is exactly what Curtis wants from you. Just, you know, get all pissed off about feral cats and rats and nonsense. Just let Curtis do his thing and stop. Now, you may find that to be disloyal. I don't know. I don't care. But um, I can't be pumping up this mayor and going out with the mayor and doing all these things in an effort to make sure he saves this city and have him in the New York Post going back and forth with Curtis over rats. I can't do it. So I yelled at the mayor about that. And then we had this discussion about, uh, I got a text yesterday from some nurse who was about to strike this morning at Mount Sinai Hospital. And she said, Sid, can you help me? And I said, how can I help you? She said, you've got power. I said, I have what? She said, you've got power. And uh, whether it's you or the mayor, the union, we need help. So I took the text that she sent me. I pasted it. I copied it and pasted it and, and texted it to Mayor Adams. And I said, uh, this lady's about to strike tomorrow. And uh, he said to me, and I want to make sure I get this uh, out correctly because New York One and all these networks are making a big deal about this nurses' strike. Um, here's what he said to me. He's blaming DSA. He said, Sid, thank you. The DSA are driving this. They want to disrupt stuff. The contract offer was excellent, but they said they just want to strike. Other hospitals have, in fact, settled. Says they can care less. The offer was fair. He said, uh, in this offer, by the way, 18% raise for three years and a host of other packages. I strongly support the nurses, but unfortunately, their union has been infiltrated by a radical socialist group. This is the DSA. So this is uh, Mayor Adams. I've got about 10 texts yesterday morning. That's how much he cares about the city, folks. Gets back to me right away about something as serious as his potential now happening nurse strike. And uh, gave me all the answers I needed here. So uh, thank you to Mayor Adams for that. But we'll talk to Curtis coming up at 7.05, and he'll levy a whole bunch of, I guess, complaints towards the mayor. I do want to make one note, too, talking about Linda Cohen coming on at 9.25. The Giants are in the playoffs, of course, and there are six playoff games this weekend. It all starts on Saturday. Saturday afternoon at 4.30, the Seahawks are in San Francisco taking on the 49ers. Saturday night at 8.15, the Los Angeles Chargers are in Jacksonville taking on the Jaguars. There are three playoff games that come your way on Sunday. 1 o'clock, the Dolphins, they get in beating the Jets yesterday. They're in Buffalo taking on the Bills. The Giants play at 4.30 on Sunday afternoon in Minnesota as a three-point underdog to the Vikings. At 8.15 Sunday night, the Baltimore Ravens are in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. And there's one Monday night football playoff game a week from tonight, and that features Dallas in Tampa Bay taking on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But watching football the last couple of days, even that doubleheader on Saturday, those two big games, Chiefs and Raiders, and then Jacksonville, Tennessee on Saturday night, the DeMar Hamlin stuff is way too much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
you know, the kid survived. If he would have died, I would understand day after day after day. The kid is, I know he's still in critical condition, but he's talking. They've removed the tube. He survived. I mean, they don't spend nearly this amount of time on little kids who get shot down in schools. Some football player got hurt, and I cried on Monday night when I saw that. I cried. And Tuesday and Wednesday, I was scared to death for this kid. But he's okay. He's fine. And the amount of time, you got uh, Robert Griffith III, this former NFL quarterback, on Saturday when the kid was clearly out of danger at that point, clearly out of danger, wearing a Hamlin jersey backwards on television. He looked like a moron. (laughs) Did you see that, Lewis? I saw many crazy things. I mean, come on. The tributes. It's one thing for the Buffalo Bills. They had a big home game against uh, the Patriots yesterday, and they beat the Pats, and they wrapped up the two-seed inside the AFC. What that means is is if they uh, have to play Kansas City in the AFC championship game, they will play that game at a neutral site. The Chiefs are the one seed because they've got 14 wins. The Bills are the two seed because they've got 13 wins because the Bills didn't play the game against Cincinnati. That's why they should have played the game. Of course. So Uh, that's what you're looking at. So the Bills had a big game. And the Patriots, they needed to win to get in. But the Pats lost, and that uh, that paved the way for Miami with a win over the Jets to get in. And Miami beat the Jets 11-6, so the Dolphins are in the playoffs. But the Hamlin stuff all weekend long... This went from a really a beautiful story, how this young man survived this. And ESPN does this all the time. They don't know when to stop. There comes a point when even this becomes perverse. you got to figure out when you you got to stop it. You know, you, it's okay to mention him, even in the pregame stuff, but threes every place and I mean, the kid didn't didn't uh, go into a different country and pull out uh, 10 POWs. He got hurt during a football <laughs> game. I mean, my God. And he survived. If he would have died, I would understand all of it, right? If God forbid the kid dies. But he survived. He's okay. And they're going on and on. We get kids shot in schools. They get less less attention. Well, you knew this weekend it was going to be a It complete, was too much. I, I thought I'm it was too much. If, if, I, I know, I'm not coming up insensitive because, again, Monday through Wednesday I was crying and scared to death. But once they took that tube out and the kid was awake and okay, I'm sorry. If you don't think it was too much, then you're a child. I mean, you can't get caught up in all this nonsense. Steve Levy on Saturday in Kansas City, I was embarrassed for him. <laughs> and I like Levy. Am I making any sense here, Macedonia, Phil? Honestly. Yeah, I got really sick of it, too. It just became... Obviously, that's what it always turns to. It always turns to, like, virtue signaling and, like, hey, look at me. I care about this, too. too Pay attention to me. It's, yeah. Everyone's like, it's all leapfrogging to try to show everyone how they care the most about the Thank new, you. The exactly new popular how I thing. Felt. Well great, said, Macedonia. Great word. You great agree, word. too? Oh, yes. The POWs notwithstanding. <laughs> I mean, we can go get those anytime, I, I think. Mean, come on. Give me a break. Anyway, thank God the kid's okay, and God bless him. I hope he comes back and plays football, whatever he does. I hope he's happy. But ESPN, man, they got to figure that out. They got to figure it out. Well, when it becomes, it's a heart-lifting, beautiful story, and then it becomes, oh, my God, enough. Enough. All right, great guest list today. Lots to talk about. Kevin McCarthy, that's your guy. And Donald Trump doesn't like Howard Stern anymore so much that he actually mentioned Opie, of all people, formerly of Opie and Anthony, in a tweet this weekend. one 800 848 WABC, 1-800-848-9222. As always, that's the number. And the ratings came out on Friday. And, yes, 
Sid and Friends in the Morning went up in the month of December. Number five in the city. Number one for News Talk and AM Talk. An amazing, once again, December book for Sid Rosenberg and Sid and Friends in the Morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And I will continue to scream it from the Raptors because that's our job. Lots to do Monday morning. We'll come right back right after this. Sit and friends in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Man, I'll tell you what. Today is a day to celebrate. Why? Because we are going to be a better country, a better Congress... Thanks to these 20 Republicans that stood firm against the establishment that stood firm for freedom, liberty, and a functional Congress. So with that, I actually want to have a drink today. I'm going to toast because everything went according to plan. No matter what the establishment wants to tell you, no matter what the media wants to tell you, this was all part of it. We knew that we may not be able to get Jim Jordan in as Speaker of the House, but quietly we knew that if we pushed this Speaker's race to vote, to vote, to vote, to vote, we could get McCarthy to cave and then ultimately institute all of these rules. This is a huge victory. So I want to toast not only Gates and Bobert and Donalds and the rest of them and Biggs, but I'm going to toast Kevin McCarthy as well because now let's work together. from you. 627 in a Monday morning. Great choice by Lou Ruffino. 39 years ago today, Van Halen released their most successful album, Jump. That was, uh, the name of the album was 1984. That was the year. And it was on this date back in 1984, almost 40 years ago, that Van Halen released Jump. And that was Grant Stinchfield. Grant used to work at uh, Newsmax. He now he's gone from there and now does his own podcast. And I really like him. He used to get his ass kicked by Tucker Carlson. And uh, they wanted him to badmouth Tucker Carlson. He wouldn't do it. He actually once said that next to Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson is the sadist, uh, the second greatest American living today. So he respected his competition too much to thrash him. So he uh, just left the job. And now he's doing a podcast. I think he's a very talented guy, Grant Stinchfield. And he talked about getting the win, that those 20 folks, Gates, Bobert, Donalds, all of them, holding up this vote, four days, 15 votes, the longest it had been in over 150 years, is great for the conservatives and the Republican Party because McCarthy ended up making concessions. And a lot of these folks got what they wanted. And uh, that's the bottom line. So Matt Gates out of Florida, who was maybe the loudest detractor of all, 
he kind of said the same thing, that going through all that, all those days, all those votes, was well worth it. In fact, Lou Ruffino, let's play this. This is Matt Gates, cut number five. So is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours before its adoption, individual appropriations bills, Mm -hmm. and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements on amendments. And so it's going to be an open process, a transparent process. I'm thrilled at where the House of Representatives is today. A lot of you in your cars are going, oh, my God, what's he talking about? Because let's be honest, a lot of you guys came over here because you used, you used to listen to Boomer Esiason and WFAN, but you love me, so you made the switch. You're going, what is he talking about? <laughs> what did he say? And trust me when I tell you that I do this for a living, and I have no idea either. Here is uh, Matt Gates number six. Long live the speaker. Well, Speaker McCarthy is our speaker, and long live the speaker. I look forward to working closely with him. But he did agree to his great credit to democratize power to the membership. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, these committees that decide what bills come to the floor, what the spending paradigm is, they're controlled just by people loyal to the speaker. Now what we have is a real representation of all of the different viewpoints within our conference on the Rules Committee, on the Appropriations Committee. We fought hard to get agreements to have conservatives on those committees, to have our budget hawks on appropriations, and I can't wait to see what we're able to do when we unlock the potential of all of our members going forward. And one more from Matt Gates, once again, making the point it was all worth it. Number seven. I think the way to have a strong Republican position on a lot of these issues is to have strong Republicans on the most relevant committees. And I don't really get the critique that taking from Tuesday to Friday to work this out puts the Republican majority in peril. I mean, you know, Mike, that in this summer, the entire Congress takes like six weeks off where we're not even around at all. So to take four days to figure out who's going to be second in line to the presidency and to ensure that we have a House of Representatives that is a fighting force going to check the Biden administration, absolutely worth it. And we're going to hear from Kevin McCarthy coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. Again, today's guest list, Curtis Lee was stopping by at 7.05, 7.40, the editor of the National Review. He's always a great Monday morning guest, which Larry, coming up at 8.40, very excited to have this guy on the program, Ernie Anastas, now a member here of our team at WABC. 10 after 9 this morning, Brooklyn Councilwoman Inna Vernikoff on that very important council race coming up this summer and at 9.25. My favorite ESPN Sports Center anchor ever, the very talented and lovely Linda Cohn. Traffic and sports also coming up, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to my guy, and congratulations to John Katsimatidis, John and Margot on uh, getting this $200-plus million for this beautiful skyscraper in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's going to be a gorgeous place. I may move there. That's it. You got it. Right? I mean, forget about Queens or Manhattan. I lived in Boca already. Maybe I'll go up to St. Pete. That building looks amazing. That's a gorgeous area. Congrats to uh, John Katsimatidis and, of course, his great show, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., the Cats Roundtable. That's where common sense prevails every Sunday morning starting at 8, always telling both sides of the story. Here's John 
Katsimatidis. With us today is Zach Williams, the New York Post Albany uh, reporter and uh, editor. There's so many things happening in Albany, we have to talk to him. Zach, what the heck is going on in Albany? How broken is it? Well, the pieces came together for sure this week insofar as it was the first official day on Wednesday where the Assembly and the State Senate met for the 2023 session. Lots of things up in the air, um, the topics of public safety and affordable housing, which the governor, Governor Kathy Hochul, says will be you know, a really prominent topic in her state of the state address next week. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. This is my guy Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers, folks. My house is a mess. Get yourself a new Peerless Boiler today. PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. The NFL regular season is over. Season 2 starts on Saturday. And the Giants have a date in Minnesota. With the details, here's Justin Ellick. Well, you know, it's any, we'll have to start here in Philadelphia. That's where the Giants were yesterday. They lost 22-16 to to the Eagles in their regular season finale. He has a band of mostly second stringers for the G-Men. Kept things tighter than expected on the road in Philadelphia, but I'm not sure anybody on that sideline was expecting a win yesterday. But New York was locked into the NFC six seed prior to kickoff, so it was just a matter of who they'd play in that wildcard round matchup. And with the loss, they debatably end up in a more preferable situation as they get dealt to date with the three-seed Vikings in Minnesota as opposed to having to make a trip out west to San Francisco to take on a red-hot 49ers team. That date with the Vikings is set for 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. As for the Eagles, they clinch the NFC East Division title with the win as well as the NFC's one seed, so they'll enjoy a bye in round one. And as for the aforementioned New York Jets, they lost 11-6 to the Dolphins in Miami and what was pretty much a microcosm of their entire season as they finish off another disappointing season with six straight losses after their promising 7 Four start early on in the year. Miami's Jason Sanders kicked a go-ahead 50-yard field goal in the waning moments of regulation to give the Dolphins their first playoff berth since 2016. And yes, of course, that gaping hole at the quarterback position will certainly be the biggest question mark surrounding the Jets as they move through the offseason. They finish with a 7-10 record overall. Over to the hardwood action last night, just the Nets. They edged out the Heat in Miami by a score of 102-101. Royce O'Neal's put back with just under four seconds left on the clock. Sealed the nail-biting victory for Brooklyn, but the real story here was the third quarter exit from superstar Kevin Durant due to a right knee injury. So Nets fans, they'll be holding their breath as they await um, his evaluation results coming up today. Up next for Brooklyn is a date with the Boston Celtics on Thursday night at the Barclays Center. And the Knicks, they're back in action tonight at home. They'll welcome in the Milwaukee Bucks. And of course, you got your college football playoff national championship game between the number three TCU Horned Frogs and the number one Georgia Bulldogs at 7.30 p.m. tonight. Georgia are 13 and a half point favorites in that one. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800 800- 500-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. That's an interesting way to finish the season, huh? Let's go not one, not two, but three. Straight games without scoring a touchdown. Which, oh yeah, by the way, 
is kind of the object of football. <laughs> you really, you got to laugh. I'm not going to yell. I'm going to waste my time yelling about this nonsense. What, are you kidding me? Seven of eight to finish the season, six straight losses. Why the hell am I going to laugh? I'm thrilled that the season's over. Thank God this, 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 this thing is over. Thank God you worry about this anymore. to co-host the Midday Show alongside Tiki Barber on the fan. He's a big Jet fan. He's like, thank God it's over. Which is what I just said to Joe Nolan moments ago because it's just the same nonsense every year. New coaches, new quarterbacks, and I know the Jets have gotten, well, one game away from the Super Bowl four times since Joe Namath won that epic Super Bowl three against the Baltimore Colts back in 1969. Yes, I did say 1969. We got in there four times. Richard Todd lost once to the Dolphins in the game where Don Shula cheated. And you had uh, Vinny Testaverde got there once against the Broncos and horrible fumbles by both Curtis Martin and Keith Byers cost them that game. And then Mark Sanchez got there twice, twice. But for the most part, since Namath won, it's been, they're a joke. And then the Jets messed him up. Who, Sa- Namath? Sanchez. Oh, the Jets destroyed him. They brought in Tim Tebow. That That's was it. That's it. Yeah. That was it. That was that it. Was, I've always said that. Yeah, my, my dear friend. I, I tell move. my dear friend Mike Tannenbaum all the time. He was the president. Bill Parcells. Uh, not Bill Parcells. Rex Ryan was the coach. And um, Tannenbaum and Ryan brought in Tebow, and that was it. And Sanchez wasn't great in those two seasons, but he was good enough, and he was getting better. They ran the football back then. They had LaDainian Tomlinson. They had other good running backs. Their defense was amazing. Even Jason Taylor. The Dalpin Hall of Famer came in for one year, and they were great. But for the most part, the organization is a joke. They're a joke. Every year, it's the same nonsense. Everybody's going to sound like Joe Benigno today. Yeah, like, I mean. I'm tired of it, bro. I mean, you would think most of these stations will, will talk more about the Giants because Brian Dable come in year one with the Giants, and just unbelievable. No one would have ever expected the Giants to do what they did this year, winning nine football games and making the playoffs. No one. There was no way that this was going to happen. No way. Daniel Jones now on his way to a big, big contract. Saquon Barkley, the big year. So you would hope, and the Giants are still playing. They got a playoff game in Minnesota on Sunday afternoon. So you would hope the emphasis is on the Giants today, not the lousy Jets, but it's the same nonsense. New coaches, new quarterbacks, doesn't matter. What a disgrace. Thank you, Beningo. You can't win in this league over an extended period. I mean, you could have great seasons. Look, we've seen quarterbacks like Jeff Hostetler win a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. We've seen, you know, the guys, not exactly Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Bart Starr, and Roger Staubach win Super Bowls, but to have extended periods of success, you need a big-time quarterback, and the Jets haven't had it forever. Kenny O'Brien had some big moments, some big years. Testaverde came in, did a decent job. We talked about Sanchez, but... This kid, Zach Wilson, is no good. He's, he can't play in this league. He can't play. Yes, I'm making that determination already. Right now, he can't play. So I don't care what your defense is or what your coach is. You don't have a quarterback. You can't, you can't win. And the Jets still don't have a quarterback. That's the bottom line. So We'll, uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Tonight is a big game, the College Football Championship. Deborah Norville and Ryan Seacrest excited tonight. They're Georgia Bulldogs 
nearly a two-touchdown favorite over the TCU Horn Frogs. And Georgia, of course, won the national championship last year. So Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs looking to win it for the second consecutive year. You know, before I went to uh, came home on Saturday, my last night in the city, once again, a beautiful hotel, the UN Millennium Hotel. I want to thank those people. We decided to have dinner in the city Friday night, and we went to my friend Jack's place, Empire Steakhouse, right across the street. We love it there. And Jack's a dear friend, Jack and Chaz Palmentary. And we walk in, me, Danielle, and Gabe, and who's at the bar? Leslie Slender. Oh, my God. Her beautiful daughter, who really is beautiful, just married, lives in London, and Glenn Tancinelli. So we walk in there at the bar, and then uh, Glenn left, but Leslie stayed with her daughter for quite some time and had a couple of drinks. And uh, what a great kid. I mean, just a great kid. And uh, I gave her Ava's number because she lives in London. Ava's about two hours away in Wales. And hopefully Leslie's daughter can hook up with Ava. But, um, well, Leslie's a great lady and a brilliant lady. And most of the money I make in sales at this station is because of Leslie, if not all of it. So I love her to death. And her daughter is great. So that was fun on Friday night. So Kevin McCarthy gets it done. You heard Matt Gates from Florida last segment. Let's uh, get to a couple of Kevin McCarthy's here. This is uh, McCarthy being sworn in as the new Speaker of the House. Yes, four days, 15 votes. The longest it's gone in about 150 years, Congress, the 108th Congress, finally sworn in with Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. And it sounded like this. This, Lou Rufino, is cut number three. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same? that you take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you're about to enter. So help you, God. Yes, I do. Congratulations, and God speed. <laughs> there it is. And here is Kevin McCarthy making his very first remarks as the Speaker of the House, Lou Rufino, This is cut number one. That was easy, huh? (laughs) I never thought we'd get up here. You know, my father always told me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And now we need to finish strong for the American people. And now, the hard work begins. What we do here today, next week, next month, next year, will set the tone for everything that follows. Tonight, I want to talk directly to the American people. As Speaker of the House, my ultimate responsibility is not to my party, my conference, or even our Congress. My responsibility, our responsibility, is to our country. And he's got uh, one more here. He talks about holding Joe Biden. This is great to hear. Holding the president, Joe Biden, accountable. This, Lou Rapino is Kevin McCarthy. Cut number two. Our system is built on checks and balances. It's time for us to be a check and provide some balance to the president's policies. We will hold the swamp accountable. From the withdrawal of Afghanistan 
to the origins of COVID and to the weaponization of the FBI. Let me be very clear. We will use the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena to get the job done. It's nighttime here in Washington. But in some ways, it's also like a new beginning, a fresh start. My friends, this chamber is now fully open for all Americans to visit. All right, cool stuff there out of Kevin McCarthy, once again, the Speaker of the House. Some more Led Zeppelin for you. Happy birthday today to one of the greatest guitarists in the history of rock and roll, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page, born on this date back in 1944, believe it or not, Robert Plant's lead man is 79 years old today. Happy birthday, Jimmy Page. And some more Led Zeppelin on a Monday right here. Sitting friends in the morning only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. So what's the deal? Prince Harry did a whole bunch of uh, cocaine and lost his virginity in a whorehouse in Belgium or something. What happened? What happened, damn it? Uh, let me ask my experts. I don't, I don't know. Phil's in. Uh, they're all... Well, I didn't watch any of it. I don't care. What? I get, he was on with Anderson Cooper last night on 60 Minutes, uh, the prince, I guess. I don't know. Oh, Prince Harry. Yeah, I just don't care. Yeah, well, we think no, why would you bring about. it up if you don't care? Because everybody else seems to care. No, it's, nope. it's the same old stuff. He's, well, the same old stuff. He did cocaine and then that sex at like nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who yeah. hasn't? That's true. How come Anderson Cooper, it was all about doing coke and having sex at, a, at an early age. I should have been on last night. Well, the, the best was the story that he got uh, his, virgin, his virginity taken by an older woman. Yeah, an older woman, I know. Somewhere. How old was he oh. when he lost it? And who was the woman? Was it Barbara Walters? God no, rest her soul. Hurley. No, Liz Hurley. No way. No. Oh, that would have been a good story. Yeah, yeah Liz Hurley's hot. Just say it again. That's good. Yeah. I just don't care. So, but I tell you, talking about London, I, 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 I watched a show with Danielle this weekend. I, I can't lie to you. I watched all three seasons on Netflix, all three seasons, and I loved it. I mean, when I tell you I loved it, I loved it. It is a mix between Sex and the City. 
And I'm on record a million times. Bernie used to go nuts. I, used to, I love that show. I just love it. I uh, loved it. Love Carrie Bradshaw. So this show that I spent basically all Saturday and Sunday watching outside of football is a mix between Sex and the City and a movie that I loved, Devil Wears Prada, with Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep and all those guys. The kid that um, the kid that played an entourage, Vin, he was in that movie. He played her boyfriend, and you had the good-looking guy, uh, Simon something or other, and a great movie, Devil Wears Prada. This is a mix of it. And all I'm going to tell you is I'll talk more about it at 725. The star of this series, I love her. She's way too skinny, which is my opinion. But she's cute, and she's a wonderful actress, and she happens to be related to Phil Collins from Genesis. In fact, she's Phil Collins' daughter, and her name is Lily Collins, and she can act. I mean, she can really act. And her clothing, you know how much I love clothing. I was thinking about Aboud and Anthony and all the guys because it's all in France. Her clothing in this show is outrageous. I'll tell you more about it coming up next hour. Great hour coming up. Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and Rich Lowry. 8 o'clock hour, Lydia reports. And how about this? Ernie Anastas. And 9 o'clock hour, Ina Vernikov. ESPN Sports Center anchor, my dear friend Linda Cohn, and a Monday edition of Sid Takes, your chance at cash and prizes. Just getting started, hour number two of the Monday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning, up to come your way. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. that uh, Dave Matthews and I are the same age. He turns 56 today. Happy birthday to Dave Matthews. And, of course, I'll turn 56 in April, April the 19th. So happy birthday to Jimmy Page and Dave Matthews, 706, on your Monday morning. Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up in about 15 minutes. And Rich Lowry, not review, coming up as he does every Monday at 740. But we put this time aside every Monday and Friday morning at 705 for the legend, the icon, He's on, of course, 12.15 to 1 every weekday afternoon. He also is on just about all weekend long. And if you read the New York Post at all this weekend, which I did, uh, he was in, uh, he's all over the place. I mean, he's got feral cats killing rats. He's fighting with the mayor. He's, he is, at this point, he's become 1,000% certifiably crazy. I, I have no idea. And I know you're talented, maybe the most talented person I know next to me, 
But how you walk the streets, I, I have no idea, Curtis. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Yeah. You're, you're off your game this morning. Why is that? You have Prince going out to the top of the hour. Raspberry right. Beret, right? Correct. That should have been my intro. You bring this weed smoker, Dave Matthews, and his whole crew where there's a purple haze around them? What is it? You're off your game today. No, no, Come no. on, admit I, it. I, I, I did it on purpose. I knew you didn't like Dave Matthews. I don't want to make you feel comfortable anymore. Oh. Because I'm very angry with you. Oh, really? I actually, and, and don't be mad at me. I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. Yes. I'm reading the post yesterday morning, hmm. and I see, the, you know, you're going back and forth with the mayor. And I see Todd Shapiro's name in there, too. So I'm on the way to breakfast with Danielle. I swear to God, I text Mayor Adams and I text Todd Shapiro. And I say, listen, nobody loves Curtis more than me. I love him so much. I put him on my show twice a week because he's that good. He's great. But you can't. Don't talk. Ignore him. Let him do his stop. Don't get crazy. Stop putting Curtis Sliwa in a position where he's going to be in the New York Post embarrassing the mayor. Just ignore him. Don't be mad at me, Curtis. That's what I said. No, no, no. Let me tell you something first of all. Can yeah. I give some advice to your, the love affair you have with Eric Adams? By the way, you kissed his left took his cheek. Yeah. Now you're kissing his right took his cheek. <laughs> like I told you, don't get into a hot tub with Eric Adams. That'll be two metrosexuals. Who knows what may happen? <laughs> You got to tell the mayor he's got a press flag, right? Guy named Fabian. I know Fabian very well. He's no, a nice no, guy, Fabian Levy. Tell, that, that's he's a good problem. guy. That's the problem. He's got to show he's rough and tough. Somebody named Mustafa or Malik. <laughs> you want to talk to my PR flag? Talk to Malik. Talk to Mustafa. Doesn't he have that guy, the guy that he uh, he put in charge of the gun czar or something? Isn't he oh, one of those? Oh, my God, that guy. I'm surprised. Uh, he, is he out of prison yet? <laughs> I don't I mean, know. What, what is wrong? And then Todd Shapiro, right? Yeah, what about Todd him? Shapiro claims, oh, he's my very dear friend. He's he amazing. Did he have a birthday the other night? Yes, he did. Was I invited? No, the mayor was there. Oh, excuse me. I was invited. Yeah, John so Margo was there. I wasn't, so he already made a choice. Yes, he did. Because, let's face it, yeah. he wants to be close to the mayor. No, 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 no. First of all, you, should, see, you don't know the history here. Todd Shapiro and Eric Adams... They've been friends, Curtis Sliwa, for over 20 years. It didn't start when he became mayor. They've been good friends for over 20 years. Now, Todd loves you, but given the choice, the mayor or you, you're going to lose that battle every time. If given the choice <laughs> of lying on behalf of the mayor or lying on behalf uh, of me, listen, who will I, he lie? I, I, listen, I, who will I, he lie about? I, I, I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to ask you straight up. Why no. wasn't I invited to his birthday because party? Because nobody likes you. No, no, no. no. no he just didn't want to offend the mayor. Well, listen, here's the thing. When, when presented with the evidence that I read yesterday, yes. and I'm not going to show you the text that I received from the mayor or anybody else. No, no, no. Show it to me because he probably no, no. is dropping more F-bombs in that text. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You no, no, claim... why, why are you quivering here? Why no, no. You little... do you let, claim... me see, let me see the no, no. text you right now. You claim that he dropped the F-bomb. And I'm going to say this. And don't get angry again because you know how much I love you. I love you. But if I was ass gun to my head, honestly, the bullet goes into my brain and kills me if I'm wrong. Who do I think lied in the post yesterday? I think you lied. I think you. Real, excuse me. I don't me. think he cursed. Excuse I don't me. Think he oh, uh, excuse me. No, no. You were sitting down with Eric Adams first time for dinner. Hey, Tracy's gonna come with us the next time. You, Danielle, me, and Tracy. Marquana, my this beard, Tracy. Where was he? You had dinner again. At his two friends' well, but, restaurant. But he didn't know that Danielle was coming that oh, night. Oh, come on, come yeah. on. Let's I didn't know it was a it. double date. Hey, you're covering up for him now. No, no, come no, no, on, no. Sid. No, let's be honest. You lied about the, the F-bomb thing. Oh, really? The, yes. I lied? Yes. You don't think that he would tell me to keep my... Out of his building? 
I think he would, but I don't think he did it in this specific oh, instance. Oh, no, no. And he yeah. did it through Todd Shapiro. No, right? no, Why couldn't he call me directly? Do, do I need a Maytag to, to act as a go between? That's like somebody in prison well, threatening no, me. That's because Todd loves the both of you. No, 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 let's and he wanted not. to make some type of uh, repassage, as Bernie say, would say. say, say yeah, yeah. You're not a street guy, and Eric Adams is not a street guy. When you wear $5,000 <laughs> suits, you're not a street oh, guy. Oh, that means you're not a street guy? No, no, Wait no, a second. No. John Gotti wore $10,000 suits, and uh, he murdered more people. And by the way, had his son shoot you six times than anybody oh, I know. Oh, oh, so <laughs> your, your comparison is John Gotti Sr., right, for you <laughs> yeah. and Eric Adams. That's right. First off... You you could be a tough guy and wear nice suits. First off, you come yeah. up to me. You you step to me, I step to you. You know that, Sid. I step to everybody. I know you do. You drop you the... are You are the bravest man I know. Right. I give you that. So, Eric Adams... I mean, you've gotten your face punched in a hundred times and your, your jaw wired shut. And... That's right. Because that's... You can't... Do you win any of these fights? Let me tell you something. <laughs> you know street guys. Oh, I gave this guy a beat down. There's only one way you're a street guy. That means you got to beat down and you give beat down. True. None of this. Pretty boys don't get beat downs. Come on, Sid. You didn't get beat downs. Eric Adams didn't get beat, get beat downs. downs. Let me tell you something, tough guy. I took a Heineken bottle across the back of my head and actually hit every single step on the way down in the Palladium. That's 24 oh, steps. and you deserved it. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I would have been behind that guy. I would have been patting him so hard on the back. He would have needed to go for a chiropractic adjustment. Oh, no doubt about it. You know, but somebody you- said to me, yes, I have to say this. Yes. They said, uh, your show is great, you're doing great. And the ratings came out Friday, and I killed it again. Killed it. Killed it. Who's right behind you? Uh, I believe you are. That's right. And Frank Morano, the two of you guys. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Come on. What, what's you don't what? put me in that JV's <laughs> company. You know the numbers. You're way ahead of everybody. No, but you did great. But I'm behind. You did great. You're right there with me. I can see you took us now. I can see you your cheeks. You can see me, yes. So the guy says to me yesterday, he goes, when Curtis is on, it's great radio. Like, you and Curtis are clearly the most, the two most talented guys. Yeah? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. He goes, but don't kid yourself. Curtis Sliwa would stab you in the back in one second. If if your if, if something happened to you and your job was in jeopardy, it would take Curtis all of five let seconds. Me tell you, let me, let and I said, I'm, I said, oh, hold on a second. I said, I don't think that's the case. I I think Curtis Sliwa, who actually was one of the reasons why I'm back in New York, he lobbied for me back in 2016. I don't think Curtis would do that. He said. Well, you're being naive and stupid. You are being naive and stupid. Let me tell you something. I would roll over you with a Sherman tank and give you the best eulogy you ever had. And when you write to me, I, Curtis, I need a letter for the parole board. I say, no problem, Sid. You were my, you were my very dear well, this friend. this is so disappointing. This is talk radio. What are you talking what are you about? Talk- I thought we were friends, you and I. What? Because what I like the mayor, we can't be friends? What friends? We're not friends? This is war. Okay, wait a second. So if I decide today yes. that I will no longer talk to the mayor, yes. and everything you're saying about him is right, all these lies about his sexuality that he cursed on the phone, all these lies that you do. And his felon friends. Right, all of his felon that, that may not right. be lies. That may not be lies. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> if I decide today, that's it. I'm done with the mayor, and all my loyalties and all my conversations will be with Curtis Sliwa. Then would you not stab me in the back for no, my job? No, no, no. Then I would become a homosexual. I would tongue kiss you. 
I would be your Maytag. There's no doubt about it, well, Sid. Well, it's not happening, so continue I get you a little <laughs> fluffy little yarn ball dog. Yeah. We could walk over there on Fire Island. We could walk there. Oh, not far from you. Reese Park, you know, there's a I special well. segment there. Yeah, I've been there. Been yeah, both of us could roll our tar paper out together. Come on, Sid. Um, I'm willing to do that for you if you throw this guy under the bus. I won't do it. Now, now tell me, what is the latest? Uh, I read yesterday that now you've actually got... All the neighbors, not just Derek Adams, but you and Nancy. I love your wife, by the way, Nancy. She's a great, great lady. Uh, you and Nancy have, have actually convinced the neighbors now to use these the feral, feral cats. cats. Well, first which, off, by the way, is the most disgusting animal God ever created. Uh, first off, the uh, feline is first gross. Off, said, uh, yeah. We had to actually clean up the block. We had to actually sweep up the block. Where is the sanitation commissioner? He chooses, oh, Madame Tish, let me cake. Hey, Jeeves, can you pick up this piece of paper? Uh, take me in the limo. I have to go to talk to the sanitation men and women. Where did he find this woman? Oh, my God, at a cocktail party on Park Avenue? You need a sanitation commissioner who gets down and dirty with the men and women. She's not ready for prime time. So you don't like the police commissioner. Oh, my God. She's missing in action. No, she's fine. She's going to be on the show this week. Really? Uh, really? (laughs) Could you ask you this question? Sure. How come you haven't moved in from Long Island yet? Your contract says within six months you have to move into the city. Why do you care? Is it too dangerous for you, Sewell? Did we not just go through this nonsense with Lester Chang? Let people, Lester Chang nearly didn't even get sworn in because of all this nonsense about where he lives. I mean, God, who, who had cares? his back? Who had his back, Chris? Yes. Who had the back of the greatest American in all five boroughs <laughs> out there in the Irish Riviera? Tom Sullivan and the Sullivan clan. Curtis Lee and Sid Rosenberg together. Was the mayor on that? No, I know. And, oh, uh, no, oh. no, 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 no. The mayor is oh, a Tom oh. Sullivan fan. Oh, but he didn't say anything publicly. Oh, no, it was no, on the hush, hush, much, much, <laughs> yeah. right? I Get did, out uh, of here, Sid. I, I did bump into Tom Sullivan's brother, Mike Sullivan, at the Last Stop Diner in Rockaway yesterday morning. He was having whoa, breakfast whoa, whoa, with Jackie whoa, Hunter. Hold on a second. Yes, yes. You didn't invite me to the Last Stop Diner. I love the Last Stop no, Diner. No, you don't. I love you the last stop. You know why I know you actually do love that place? Yes. I'm going to give you all the credit in the world. You know why you love that place? Yes. Because as the bravest New Yorker ever, I mean this, you take every train. You took every me train. once to Livonia Avenue on the three train. Yes. It was terrifying. The eight train is a is a scary train. And it's called the last stop, that little diner, because it's the last yes. stop. Right. So I know you're not lying. You've been there. That's right. And I remember Rockaway Playland on the stop before. I love Rockaway Playland. I used to hang outside of Stella Maris when it was all the Irish Kyleans, <laughs> right? And they'd say, nah, nah I, can't, I can't. My father would kill me if he saw me with you. What are you talking about? Well, you're not. You're not, you're not a spudhead. You know, you're not one of our pip, uh, people, you know. I, I remember those days when I was ostracized. And by the way, I see your very, your very dear friend, Eric Ulrich. He got a license to steal money now as an insurance agent. Uh, is there a provision in the contract? Because you just had a flood. Is he going to sell you fire insurance and tell you you're protected by a, a lightning strike, an electricity strike? You know, that Jews were famous for for years. Eric Ulrich, yeah. write me up a policy. You know what Eric Ulrich is like? Hey, Sid, see that car you got there? Why don't you let me take that car off your hands and write it up on, a, on, oh, a, on an automobile? Hey, I'll take you to the this chop shop. my friend, Eric Ulrich. Oh, your friend, right. Oh, I got a license to steal money. You now. know, I got a tough time with Curtis in the morning because he comes in, and uh, he and I have these great conversations even before. This is another unbelievable segment, by the way. But he always says, Eric. 
So now I got two Eric's I got to deal with. Both my friends, both Eric of them, Adams yeah, and both Eric of them crooked. What do you mean, both By of them By the way, crooked? let me ask you a question about sure. Eric Ulrich, right? Yeah. That sellout, that yeah. traditor, that a, Judas. He's a, he's a good kid. Who, who is he more loyal to, you or the banana crime family that he owes the vid to? Oh, well, who would you be more loyal to? I'd be more loyal to the banana crime family, too. Oh, okay, so you answer my question. <laughs> Who's he going to be writing insurance policies on behalf of I, I the bananas who torch buildings no, and collect that's insurance? That's not even true. Come but on, you know the game, the whole, story, the whole story was exaggerated. Oh, really? By people like you, quite frankly, who look for any reason to bash Eric Adams and now Eric Gold. Did I knock him out? I started in 2019, <laughs> right? I said, quiet, Curtis. Yeah, he's a fellow Republican. I said he's in. To the banana crime wow, family because, for 250 smackers, 1,000 fact smackers. My friend is Ariolo in Queens. Oh, yeah, what a piece and, of work and, she and is. And your friends with this uh, Vicky Palladino. Oh, the best. And they've had, not the best, and they've had this uh, war going on for years. So there's no way you were going to like Eric Ulrich because so she's, let me part ask of the, you a she's part of the Joanna Ariolo. Let me group. ask you a question. Like two scorpions in a brandy glass. <laughs> you're sticking with Ariolo Traditor? Is that what you're sticking with? I don't know yet. Instead of Vicky Palladino. I don't, I don't know. She's Vicky. got a set. She stood up to your friends in the Queens GOP and won. What's overwhelmingly. She How come she couldn't get Tom Sullivan the win? Tom, hey, well, that, 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 look, you know the Democrats yeah, look, you're stole stuttering that like, uh, like did, uh, Henry did, Hill. Did the Democrats not steal that? And by the of way, course they how stole come it. Eric Adams didn't say, let the best man win? Well, what was Vicky Palladino for uh, Tom Sullivan? Hey, let me tell you something. Yeah, Curtis Sewell was there. Curtis Sewell was there with you. Where was Vicky Palladino, goddammit? Oh, where, where was she? Where was Joanne Ariola? Don't worry about her. I'm asking you the question. Where was she at the beautician? Was she getting her head touching her? Was she getting her nails done? What the, what is wrong with you, Sid? What happened with the beginning of this year, right? This love affair. Now, now you got Cindy Adams on the hook. Oh, she sat down and she had a meal with Eric Adams, and all of a sudden, she who vilified Wait a him. Wait second, that's not true. Is yes, it? it is. When did this happen? You didn't read the paper today? No, not yet. Oh, I got to bring it into you. Now you have to understand. She flipped the script. She listened she to me. She sold out. She listened to me. And by the way, you know where he went right after he had a little schmear with her? Up to Club Zero Bond to the break of dawn. You don't understand. At the 100-year, uh, no, not the 100-year gala, at the event we went to for Frank Siller and Tunnel to Towers. Great man. Yes. I sat with Cindy Adams, and she goes, what is this new love affair with you and the mayor? And I said, I like him. I think his heart is in the right place. No, you love him. He hasn't him. done much lately. You love him. You love him. And she went on to say some of the most horrible things I've ever heard about anybody in my whole life. And you're telling me that since then, based upon my recommendation. Yeah, yeah look, look, read the article. Uh, she gave him <laughs> some deviled eggs and tuna. Oh, this is great. And, and she sold out for deviled eggs and tuna. And then the guy has the coulions to say, Oh, by the way, I'm going to Club Zero Bond to the break of dawn. How the hell is that dealing with the problems? Let me tell you something, Sid. He's allowed to have a good time once I in a while. I appointed myself Rat Czar of New York City because your guy is afraid of rats. He even said to I'm afraid of rats. Ooh. How the hell are you going to dominate crime in the city of New York when you can't even take care of rats in your own building? Sleewood came on that block, and I flexed. And the rats listen. Eric Adams is just, oh, I don't want to look at rats. I'm so afraid. Oh, God. I'm such a metrosexual sit. Can you come in the hot tub with me and calm me down? Go ahead. Jump in the hot tub with your newfound friend, Eric Adams.
This is why 705 every Monday and Friday morning, this is the best segment of radio in New York City any day, any time of the week. You, Cindy Adams, you sold out. Curtis Lee will never sell shop. And you like the movie A Devil or Prada. I love it. Let me yeah. tell you something. You got that nail polish on now? You're going for the, your petty and your manicure? A real man would never get a pedicure and a manicure. What is wrong with you, Sid Rosenberg? Curtis Sliwa comes your way at 12.15. More of me, Sid Rosenberg, on a Monday. Right after this. That was a genius second. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, did you check out Joe Biden at the border on Sunday, yesterday? Now, I'm... A little cynical. I'll admit it. I think Mr. Biden is a terrible president, perhaps the worst performance in the first two years of any modern chief executive. So he goes to the border to try to deal with a problem he created. Remember, the last year under Trump, there were about 750,000 encounters with migrants at the southern border, according to the Border Patrol. Now, six million foreign nationals have entered the USA under dubious circumstances since Biden's been in office. Six million because he knocked out Trump's remain in Mexico policy and replaced it with nothing. You can just stroll across that border, say, hey, I want asylum. And you're in the country for five years before your case is even heard. Insane. So now Biden, under tremendous pressure, goes to El Paso and tells Americans, hey, it's not my fault. Congress will not pass comprehensive immigration reform. What's that? Amnesty for everyone. And Congress will never pass that, particularly because there's no enforcement apparatus from the Biden administration. This whole thing is a catastrophe. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. you 
Curtis Lee was just great. Coming up, Rich Lowry, the not review. You heard our friend Bill O'Reilly there talking about Joe Biden and that three-hour trip he took to El Paso, claiming he, quote-unquote, visited the border. Even Governor Roberts said that was the sanitized border that the president went to see. And he would like him to see that's what he wants, and it's a complete disaster. He really effed that up in a big, big way. Trump did a good job with that. Joe Biden, the complete opposite. We'll talk to that. About that, I should say, with Rich Lowry. But the reason why I played that song, France, Jolie, Come to Me, one of my favorite songs growing up, is I intimated in the 6 o'clock hour, kind of teased a show that I was watching all weekend long with Danielle. All three seasons, all three on Netflix. And I mentioned Lily Collins, Phil Collins' daughter, as the star. Darren Starr, who created Sex in the City. I love that show. Loved it. He created uh, this show, too, and it's kind of a a mix between Sex and the City and a movie I loved, Devil Wears Prada. Loved it. And the name of the show is Emily in Paris. And it is not good. It's great. So some of you tough guys out there who would never admit you listen to ballads or watch the Bravo channel or don't like love stories, you're going to send me stupid things like that's gay or where's your man card, all that nonsense that went out the window about 50 years ago. But if you really want to see a show that's got pretty good storylines, I mean, really good, really good acting, unbelievable clothing, which, of course, you guys and girls know that I love, and just a, a really good uh, storyline with the, with, the, with the star, Lily Collins, you're really going to enjoy this show. I watched all three seasons in between football. I mean, you talk about, you talk about the, I don't know, I guess, what word am I looking for here, Lewis? I would watch Emily in Paris for one hour, then the National Football League in the next hour, a dichotomy, I guess, complete Dis- ends of the spectrum. Disparate. Maybe that. I don't know. I don't know what I said. Either way, uh, it's a very good word, Lewis. Excellent job. It's a show you guys should watch. Emily in Paris. Highly recommended. Highly. If you like Sex in the City, Devil Wears Prada. Again, if you're a tough guy and, oh, yeah, Sid, that's good. No, don't bother. Fine, fine. But if you like really good television, it is a great show. Oh, well, on, on, schizo. Schizo. That's better. Honestly, since you recommended it, no. uh, I'm not going to check it out. Now, why is that? Why I is just that? don't want. It just doesn't interest me. <laughs> I know it doesn't. But nothing interests you. Outside. This will interest you. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. On this date, this interests you. Because you're a moron. On this date, back in 1972, how many years is that, Philip? Give me a minute. 50 years. 51. Even better. You're right. 51 years ago, on this date, your favorite sport, the Los Angeles Lakers record-winning streak, ended. They had the longest winning streak in major. Correct. 33 games. Uh, Who did they lose to? uh, Was it the Knicks? Wrong. They lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. And why is that ironic? Because uh, Lou Alcindor at the time, oh, a.k.a. Nice. Wow. Jabbar, he got would it. end up going to the Lakers. He was already Jabbar at that point. How oh, was he? He led the Bucks with 39 points in that game, and they snapped. Wow, I- I'm really impressed. That's a great job. Great job, Philip. Thanks. Well, there you have I like it. basketball. I might as well know some stuff. Yeah. You, sh- you should know that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Morgan really? checked in, saw about the whole thing, Emily in Paris with Maureen. Loved it. So now Pete Morgan loves it too. 
any change, Phil, or you're still not going to watch it? I just don't like the type of show it is. So right, because it's I got heart and soul. and No, it's not. That. I just, I've watched Sex just... and the City. I have a sister and a mother, so I've seen like episodes of it here and there. It's, just, it's, not, my, it's not my cup of yeah. tea. It was know? a great show. Not I, even I, good, I, great. Maybe it is. It's just not for me. The she show... was just, uh, she wasn't good looking, uh, Carrie. Her real name, uh, Sarah Michelle. What, no, what's her name again? Uh, Sarah, Sarah Mich- Jessica Parker. Yeah, she looks like a horse. Yeah, she's married to Matthew Broderick. Ugh. I wouldn't go that far, but, Ugh, but she's not pretty at all. I mean, at all. Too. Who, Matt Broderick? Yeah, uh, he's he, a bad person. Yeah, eats up her. He's Ferris Bueller. What's wrong with him? He's you? a bad person. He's a bad person? Yes. What did he do? Go he's... ask Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> do you not know about that? No. My my sister is Sherry Jackson. This is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, you know, I just glossed right over everything you're talking about. Yeah. What say it quickly? You well, know, you, you know, you know, you know uh, Matthew Broderick killed two people in a car accident. I did know that. He's yeah. driving on the wrong yeah. side of the road. A mother and a daughter. He didn't know. Yeah, you're right. What was I? Different rules in Europe. Get a hundred pound fine. He's good. Especially yeah. in Ireland, they don't get what you. Hey, get what over you doing God. on the wrong side? So my sister Ray Sherry checks in. My sister Ray Sherry and my brother-in-law Albert, who I love dearly, both of them, they watched three episodes of Emily in Paris last night. Who knew? The whole world is watching this show. The whole world. So you're saying I'm an idiot. You are an idiot, yes, but you're an idiot before this. Oh, okay. This wasn't the barometer. Oh. No. Darn it. No. Emily in Paris, folks, trust me. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. How many of us have them? 77 WABC. believe the Packers lost that game last night. I, the Lions, Dan Campbell should be coach of the year. I, I know you, uh, Phil, I guess, was you this morning. You made a great argument for Shanahan and the job he's done in San Francisco. The 49ers end the season with 13 wins, blew out Arizona yesterday, and they're the two seed behind Philadelphia inside the NFC. But no one in a million years would have thought the Lions would have gone 9-8 and eight and if they would have held on to beat Buffalo Thanksgiving, would have been a 10-win season and a playoff year. And the Packers, all they had to do was win last night and make the playoffs. And the Lions beat them. The Lions are fun. They are fun. I, I like them. They, they have some really good pieces. Really good pieces. I think, the, I think they have a top three wide receiving core in the entire Totally NFL. agree. And the kid Williams can run the football. He's nice. Yep. And Goff is a nice. pretty good quarterback. He's, he went to the good. Super Bowl. He's good. Yeah. And then that defense led by the kid from the first round, uh, Hutchinson. Yeah, no, they're, they're going to be a good team. For Very a good bit. team. Very good young team. Talking about Aaron Rodgers, uh, today, Bart Starr is his birthday, but uh, he dead because, let's see, if my math is correct, he died in 2019. So Bart Starr would have been 89 years old today, but he gone. But how about this one? He would have been 110 years old today. 110, which is uh, the age that I miss was and he died. It would have been the 37th president of the United States, Richard Nixon, celebrated his birthday today, born in 1913. So we put this time aside every Monday morning for my next guest. He's great. 
editor of the National Review, the great Rich Lowry. Rich, good morning. How are you, pal? Hey, good. You know, to, I got to throw into the uh, Coach of the Year bucket the coach of the Jaguars. I mean, they started two and six. Oh, Doug Peterson, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And beat, beat yeah. my Titans on Saturday night in heartbreaking fashion for me to clinch the division title. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, I mean, who do they have at quarterback? This kid, Dobbs, they still almost yeah. won. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, Peterson won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago with Nick Bowles and the Philadelphia Eagles, so yeah. he's a proven commodity. I want to ask so you we, one— We have this guy from the Detroit Lions practice squad, and we yes. got more first downs. Yep. We outgained them and had time of possession on them. It was amazing. That defensive touchdown killed you late. I'm going to ask you one question. I'm going to put you on hold and then bring you back. Does that sound okay? Yeah. I got to work the clock here. The one question is Biden. He finally goes down to the border. He's in El Paso for three hours, not three days, not three months, three hours. He sees a sanitized border. And of course, he's going to say everything's fine. And maybe one of these days, Congress will help me when all he really wants is amnesty for everybody. We know that already. But this 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 guy, he, he's got a set of balls like I'd never seen, Rich Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he's probably running again you know, against my expectations, and he realizes he needs to at least tack a little bit to the center. And the criticisms of him, bipartisan criticisms of him, stung some. But their solution is just to try to legalize as much of the current illegal flow. <laughs> They're going to basically say, nice. don't come illegally. We're going to let you in on this parole program, which is a total abuse of power. So n- nothing's going to get better. The accounting just might change. What do you think about Governor Abbott's letter, his message to Joe Biden? Basically uh, about $20 billion short and way too late. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, they created this this crisis. They have the authorities to stop it or at least really minimize it, but they're not interested in, in doing that. They just basically think if you show up with a bogus asylum claim, you should get into the United States no matter what. And I, did, and I did see that this weekend that uh, he said at least this weekend that he was going to run again in 2024. I mean, again, he's not even halfway through this presidency. He's approaching 80 years old. He forgets who he is, who his vice president is. I mean, it's not even funny. Some of the things he does speaks to a real cognitive issue. How in uh, God's name could he even consider? I mean, shouldn't he wait to say something like that? <laughs> you know, I, I think they, they're just looking. Well, one, once you get the bug, once you're president, you, you don't, you know, you, you step out your front door and or back door or whatever it is, and you're on a helicopter with a bunch of reporters standing around uh, hanging on every word. So it's a pretty nice gig, and Marines are saluting you. Um, and he, he's wanted it for 40 years, and he's, he's there. And they don't have a good alternative, as we've talked about. So I, I guess they're going to try to do it again. But it's a huge uh, risk for them. And for the country, because something could happen to him in a general election campaign. Something could happen in any day. If he somehow gets reelected, something could happen to him while he's, he's in office again. So uh, it would be better to let the next generation uh, have a shot. But they're scared of the next generation because Kamala Harris is at the top of the list. Or Pete Buttigieg. Either one of those mm-hmm. are both a disaster. He is the editor of the National Review, political NBC contributor. He does it all his best work right here every Monday morning at 740. And there's more to come. We'll come right back with the great Witch Lowry right after this. So is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours before its adoption individual appropriations bills, and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements 
on amendments. And so it's going to be an open process, a transparent process. I'm thrilled at where the House of Representatives is today. Well, there it is, folks. After four days, 15 votes, the longest in over 150 years, Kevin McCarthy is, in fact, Speaker of the House. That was Matt Gates out of Florida. We continue our conversation, our Monday morning conversation with the great witch, Lowry. So uh, what do you think about what Matt Gates said? I know that uh, Grant Stinchfield and other pretty well-known conservatives agree that it had to go this way. They had to do this. It had to go days and votes to make sure that the concessions were there. And now they're happy that McCarthy is there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a little embarrassing not, not to be able to elect a speaker. I haven't done it this way in a, more than 100 years, but it, it's not a crisis of democracy. It's not anything that anyone who doesn't, you know, not obsessive about this is going to remember or pay attention to three months from now. And I think the, the deal they got is pretty good. Uh, I think McCarthy, you know, there's not really a good alternative um, uh, for him as speaker. So he won, which I think is, is good, and the changes are good. And now we'll see. You know, now the hard, how hard stuff happens. I mean, they're going to have to hold together during some uh, uh, turbulent uh, arguments over how, how to deal with these things when the, when the rubber hits the road, especially on the debt ceiling. But um, I think everyone should be, should be fairly pleased the way it turned out. And, he, you know, he keeps saying, McCarthy, that he's going to hold President Biden accountable He's going to hold Hunter Biden accountable. He talked weeks ago about removing people like Adam Schiff from his committee, uh, uh, also uh, Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. You know, he's gone out there talking about impeaching Mayorkas. He had a lot of tough talk the last couple of weeks. And now Republicans, I guess, hope to God that all that really comes to fruition. That's exciting for the Republicans. Yeah, I think that, you know, the the investigations are um, you know that that's not that's not tricky. Everyone in the conference wants these investigations to to happen, and you just need to carry them out. The tricky part will be, you know, uh, Gates was saying we're never going to have another omnibus spending bill, and the House rules are designed to to stop that. And I think that would be a very good thing. Those bills are a horror show and a uh, grotesque distortion of the process. But you know, if the Senate sends one over and they don't pass it, you know, hard to get some deadline. Right. There's going to be a government shutdown, and public get blamed for that. So I think you just have to be realistic about what they're going to be able to achieve. They have a narrow majority and only one House of Congress when the Democrats have the Senate and the presidency. So, yeah, they got to push on the spending, um, but uh, it's it's, it's not as though they have uh, a unified majority in Washington where they're going to be able to get whatever they want. So last week, that warmonger, I should say, John Bolton announced he's running for president, which is beyond silly. He's not going to get 1% of the vote. It'll be like a Bill de Blasio type of thing. I mean, come on. And uh, somebody said it to me, and I said, listen, listen, listen. Just stop. It's a two-man race. If Ron DeSantis decides to run, and he clearly is, he's, he's got money, he's got all the backing, and he's going to announce he's going to run, I'm sure of it. It's Trump and DeSantis, and that's it. Uh, I don't care about Tim Scott, Christy Noem. You could name 100 people. It comes down to a two-man race. Am I right? That's the way it looks. It's just the problem is a year, year and a half out or whatever it is, oftentimes the way it looks is not the way it turns out. So uh, I have an asterisk of doubt about that, but that's certainly Well, can, can you give me one of these other potential candidates that you think may throw a wrench in what I'm saying? That's that's the big question. I was talking about a friend um, about this the other day. You know, you, you know, Trump has a serious chance to win. You know, DeSantis has a serious chance to win. Who's the third most likely? There is no one. That's the point. I don't know there, who it is. There's nobody. But, it's not Tim Scott. Come on. Yeah, but you know, there's just sh- shocks happen. You know, people surge. 
three weeks before Iowa. So that's just a, just just a, a whisper of doubt there. But if it is a Trump DeSantis race, it matters. You know, John Bolton's my, a friend of mine, but it it matters how many candidates are in and and how oh, much oh, they're oh, taking. Oh, you know, because if, if you had the both oh, oh, thirty-five oh, 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 and thirty-five. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on. What did you yeah. just say? Did you say I, I, John? Oh, been, did you yeah, say John, John Bolton is a like friend of yours? Years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll have lunch together at that Greek uh, that Greek restaurant. Well, I love that we'll restaurant on out. 45th Street. It's, a, it's right across the street from the Harvard Club. It's a great place. But how does a guy like you end up being friendly with John Bolton? I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Oh, well, he's a, a warrior lawyer. You know, Bush, Bush v. Gore, the Florida controversy. I mean, this goes way back. He was instrumental to that. Uh, he, he's uh, a great representative at the U.N., actually, um, you know, realizes the threat of transnational organizations to United States sovereignty. And I, I'm, I'm a hawk. Um, so uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, fan, a fan of John's. I'm not, not sure he should run for president. You're a hawk. I didn't realize that. So you want to go to war with everybody. You just want to no, pretty much, yeah. That's Let's just it. bomb Beijing today. What do you think? <laughs> Let's bomb Beijing. Let's bomb North use, Korea. We've got to use them somewhere. <laughs> I didn't know that about you because it's funny. And you and I have gotten close the last two years, but I always thought of you as kind of more of like the liberal type, not really a hawk, would never hang out with a guy like John Bolton. But you see, you learn things every day. Yeah, Every day, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big time hawk. You know, I've been been prudent about about Ukraine. You know, I think we're going to need a deal there eventually. But uh, no, I'm, I'm a hawk. So it said, sorry, you are. yeah, you know, it's a way. We're really getting to know each other. Well, no, I mean, now, now, like, I, you know, now I'm, I'm going to have to push away just a little. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't think of a, of, of, of a bigger waste of uh, human beings and money and time than war anywhere. I mean, just anywhere, let alone Ukraine, Russia, or whatever else. Uh, John Bolton, Bolton wanted to bomb everybody. I mean, another, you want to bomb. Iran, Iran, we can talk about that, but uh, those poor people in the streets don't deserve to die either now, do they? Uh, of course not. Right. So, anyway, you're brilliant, and I do love you. And let's let's take down. Let's do that. Let's do, let's do the three of us, me and Bolton. All right. <laughs> talk soon. See you, Rich. Rich Lowry, every Monday morning at 7:40, editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC. Who knew? Dear friend of John Bolton. Still to come in the 8 o'clock hour, Lydia reports, and day one on the new job, one of the most famous, if not the most famous, late-night news anchor ever, Ernie Anastas. Oh, we got a big 8 o'clock hour coming your way. Keep it right here, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City, fresh off an amazing December book. We are sitting friends in the morning, Talk Radio 77, WABC. Anchor ever, Ernie Anastas. Oh, we got a big 8 o'clock hour coming your way. Keep it right here. The number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. Fresh off an amazing December book. We are sitting friends in the morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
Halen off of the classic album 1984, which was dropped 39 years ago today. 39 years ago today, Jump by Van Halen with this great song, I'll Wait. 807, hour number three, Sid and Friends in the Morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Lydia reports, Ernie Anastas, Inna Vernikov, and Linda Cohn. ESPN Sports Center anchor is still to come. Big, big couple of hours about to come your way. Talking about Linda Cohn, the Giants. They're in the playoffs, of course, and their game comes up Sunday afternoon at 4.36. NFL playoff games coming up this weekend. Very, very exciting time of year. You get two games on Saturday. Right now, the 49ers are a 10-point favorite over Seattle. That's a 4.30 kickoff Saturday afternoon. Saturday night at 8.15 from Jacksonville, the Jaguars, a one-and-a-half point home favorite over the Los Angeles Chargers. Three games on Sunday. It kicks off at one with the Buffalo Bills, a 10-and-a-half-point home favorite over the Miami Dolphins. The Giants are the second game on Sunday, 4.30 Sunday afternoon. Giants in Minnesota taking on the Vikings. They're a three-point dog. They lost to Minnesota by three just a couple of weeks ago when Greg Joseph hit a 61-yard field goal at the end of regulation. Giants and Vikings will do it again this Sunday. The late game Sunday night is in Cincinnati where the Bengals are a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Ravens, and the Bengals just beat the Ravens yesterday. And one game next Monday night has Brady and the Buccaneers, a three-point home favorite over Dallas, who got blown out in Washington by the Commanders yesterday. Talking about the Bills and Dolphins, that first game on Sunday, I'm going to say something here that I feel really strongly about. Some of you might think it's insensitive. I don't care. And, um, look, I was watching that Bills-Bengals game last Monday night, and I was horrified. I was in the hotel. We stayed at the hotel, of course, for eight nights. We're back in Queens now, but we'll be leaving again soon. But we stayed at the U.N. Millennium Hotel on 44th and 2nd for eight nights, and I couldn't sleep all night. You guys remember I came in Tuesday morning. I didn't sleep. I kept checking the app for the Post and ESPN and NFL.com because I was scared to death the kid DeMar Hamlin was going to die. And it really freaked me out. I was crying Monday. I was crying Tuesday. It wasn't until about Thursday where I started to feel like, okay, this kid's going to be okay. I mean, look, folks, he's 24 years old. He's in great shape. If anybody was going to survive a horrific injury like that, it's going to be him. It's not like he's 38 or he's 40. He's 24. And by the weekend, He was already okay. They removed the tube. He's not in danger of dying. He spoke to his team. He wrote a letter to the doctors, and then he actually FaceTimed the team and told them he loved them. So I'm watching the kickoff, uh, the pregame on Saturday afternoon between the Chiefs and Raiders. Chiefs secured home field advantage with with an easy win. And Steve Levy and these, it was nauseating. Robert Griffith III, the former NFL quarterback, is out there doing the pregame show wearing a DeMar Hamlin jersey backwards because the name is on the back of the jersey. He looked ridiculous. And then all the tributes. I mean, look, the game in Buffalo, I get it. Josh Allen cried after the game. I get it. It's his teammate. It's the Buffalo Bills. This kid didn't die. He survived. He's going to be fine. He's going to be absolutely fine. He didn't die. We get little kids gunned down in schools. No one pays attention. This kid gets hurt on a football field. Now, if he died, I get it. If he died, God forbid, I get it. Everybody should wear his jersey this weekend. He's going to be fine. He was okay by Sunday. 
every game I put on yesterday had tributes to this guy, like he just got back from Afghanistan and he was killed in war. You got hurt on a football field. He's okay. The amount of pandering that goes on, ESPN, sorry, Linda Cohen, NFL, it went from a, a tragic story to an incredibly heartwarming story to nauseating. Now, let me tell you something. The reason why I get the big ratings and the reason why I'm a huge success in this field is I'm the only guy with the balls to tell you this. Everybody else this morning is going to say to you, oh, my God, how beautiful was this tribute and that tribute. It was not beautiful. It was too much. The body was already dead, not his. Rigor mortis had already set in. It's over, folks. It was over. By the time they kicked off 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon, there was no more DeMar Hamlin story. Thank God, thank God, the kid's going to be okay. So I'm not going to come on today like I'm sure Boomer Esiason did and the rest of these folks. CNN's done it all morning long, MSNBC, and talk about these beautiful tributes. It was too much. Well, you got to, you have to allow, it's the first game back for everybody. For the Bills. Yeah, for oh. the Bills. That's, that's Not for the Jaguars and, and cheat. No, you don't have to allow anything. The, the Jaguars die? painted a three on the three-yard line right. for them. For, why? I'm seeing Russell Wilson and Derwin James before their game. They met up at half field yeah. and took a knee together because they both wear the number three. Yeah, I mean, what, you, what, does that, what does that have to do with No, you're wrong, Louis. Buffalo, yes. If the Buffalo Bills want to make a big deal about it, sure. But there's no reason why the Giants and Eagles make it. The kids survive. So they they were going to just play their game and ignore what had happened. Is that what you of expected course. to happen? Why not? You didn't. You no, the do, Bills can't. But no, the I, Bills can't. Everyone else. I know the Bills can't. I'm Every other with... team, yes. If you want to. Well, if, yeah. if, if the public address announcer wants to say before the game, for example, our prayers are with DeMar Hamlin, I'm okay with that. But every single player wearing yeah. the shirt and the jersey and the hat and the histrionics and the halftime interviews, Lou, 100%. It was way, uh, way too uh, much. All right, I'll say I agree with you. Yeah, way okay, too much. I agree with you. It was way too much. But I expected that to happen. I don't it, care. It, what they, sure, I, I expected it too, but that's my point. It, it, they got to stop right, doing that. They right, take a nice okay. story and they kill it. Now, after yesterday, if I hear any more about it, I'm going to throw a brick at even, my TV. Uh, listen, like I said, even mm-hmm. yesterday, Saturday afternoon, right. first game, come on, it's enough. It's but, a, the kid, again, if the kid died, God forbid. I mean, there's a, there's a running back named Peyton Hillis. He was a really good player, by the way, really good player. I don't know if you know this story, but his kid was drowning. Or maybe somebody else's kid. There was a kid drowning. Peyton Hillis yes, jumped in the water it. last week right. to try to save the kid from right. drowning. Right. And Peyton Hillis is in critical condition and is probably going to die. But Peyton Hillis was a white running back, and no one's paying attention to this story. Now, he's not an active player. I get it. But he was a good player, white running back, jumped in the water to save somebody else's life. That's called heroism. Correct. I saw the story, and I went, where is this? No one's talking about it. Right. I I saw the same thing. But Hamlin gets hurt on the football field, and again, if he died, I would say every team yesterday should have done what they did if he died. But thank God he didn't die. Well, all right. Well, I was the first. Per- I-, I was one of the people here that said you've got to play this game. You, the- well, no, but to, you, to your credit, I did too. But you weren't right, Skip right. Bayless. Okay. You didn't say play it that night. No, not right. that night. But you got to. There, the NFL has messed up their playoff format. I know. Now. They have I know. completely messed it up because of their stupid 
They're money grubbing. Stupid. And they don't want to. No, the pandering uh, too. We don't want, too. We don't want and right. pandering. Right. right. They so got, I am with you. I agree with good, it. Thank and you. that's the first step. I said. Nauseating. Like, you got to play this game. It's not disrespectful or anything. Now. Now, and of you've course got, not. And you've got to fix the playoffs so that all the teams are in the right spot. So as but it turns out it. now, if the Chiefs and Bills both win out, Kansas City's got to buy this week. But if Buffalo beats Miami and wins again, if you're down to a Kansas City Buffalo. AFC championship game, and that game, of course, would determine who plays Super Bowl 57 in Arizona for the AFC. That game now has to be played at a neutral site, which makes no sense. I mean, the Chiefs went on to win 14 games. Buffalo would have won 14 or whatever it was. And now you're going to play that game at a neutral site. That makes no sense. Where are the owners for their, what are they? they agree the owners are going to, listen, the, listen. They all want Hamlin to be the story. The NFL, it's, it's a beautiful story. Everybody loves it. I mean, you understand his jersey sold through the roofs. What kind of idiot is going to buy a DeMar Hamlin jersey? He's a nice. RG3 is. I mean, right. He's a, he's a second-year defensive back. He's a nice player. But he's a, he's a, But before last Monday, nobody in the world no. outside of Buffalo Bills fans knew who this guy was. And you're going to buy a jersey because he got hurt? He didn't jump into the water and try to save a kid from drowning. He didn't take a gun like Pat Tillman and go to Iraq. He got hurt playing football, and he survived. Agreed. Big deal. It's Agreed. crazy how people jump. I mean, to support, I understand, to support someone, but to, like, do this fake fandom thing. Like, now oh, the guy, is, the guy is, he, he went from 20,000 to over a million followers on social I know. media. It, and and, and he couldn't even raise $2,000 for his charity. He, he, he wanted 2500 The kid raised 1100 bucks. Now he's got $9 million. Could you imagine, dude, there's some slob at home that like does you know he does nothing with himself and then he sees this guy get injured on TV while he's watching it and goes I'm gonna follow him on Instagram that's gonna change something look I'm supporting him and he thinks he's doing something good in life but as if Hamlin cares yeah by the way. exactly as, as if they're actually changing oh yeah right he knows who I am now because I told him how much I loved him give me a break the problem not. is that people everyone thinks that they're, they're, they're patting themselves on the back I know anything that's what they're doing they're, they have cameras on them going hey is the camera on look look look, look how good I'm of a job I'm doing jersey. Look, yes. how, look I'm a good yeah. person look at me I'm a good person Person. Meanwhile, there are actually, you know, regular people who will have a who will have a heart cardiac and arrest die today and die in their regular job, right? Which they're not supposed to. That's not supposed to happen if they're of that age or anything. And no one knows about right. and it. They're no gonna one die. Cares. This person is playing one of the most violent things you could do in the world. Right. So you can you can also say, look, man, this is the, which is what I heard last week. This is our sport. This is our sport. This can happen. That's why guys have been paralyzed. And of hit course, and of course, it happens. It's you know, you, this is the life you lead. No, those guys that got paralyzed Not that you deserved it or anything, but right. it does happen. Well, there was Eric, um, the kid from the Lions. Uh, what was his name again? Um, I almost said Eric Ulrich, uh, Mike Ulrich, or, or the kid uh, in New England, Daryl Stingley. Those guys got paralyzed on the field. They finished the game. And I was the first one to say you could not play Monday night. I was laying there crying. I was like, do not play. Oh, absolutely not. You do not play. Gonna play. Right. They weren't right. going to play that but game. The, but, but six days later, the amount of pandering, and it, it, it really is nauseating. There's no other way to put it. Right. So, I agree with uh, you about that. Yeah. But then, and you have to play the game. Ryan, Sh- Ryan Shazier, too. Shazier. From the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. got paralyzed in the field, too. It's, yeah, I know. A bunch of players. Nobody there. cares. No. Um, get over it. Tonight is a big college football game. It is the national championship. The Georgia Bulldogs are looking to win their second consecutive title, and they're taking on the TCU Horn Frogs. They are nearly a two 
touchdown favorite, a huge favorite, the Georgia Bulldogs coming up later on tonight. Kevin McCarthy, of course, is in four days, 15 votes later. He is now the Speaker of the House. Joe Biden is talking about running again. Here you go, Joe, in uh, 2024. And Cindy Adams and Derek Adams, she followed my lead. They had dinner, and they are now on talking terms. Lou Dobbs Business Report, Lydia Reports, and Ernie Anastas. That's just this hour. It's a big one coming your way right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Here we go again. Had this the same thing a couple days ago. Uh, what do you want to do with this? Uh, I'll just tell her to call back. Yeah, she's going to have to call I, back. I tested it before and it worked, but. Yeah. <laughs> Is she going to call back, or do you want to do? I I told her to call or reconnect, so I'm seeing what she's going to do now. Okay, because we had the same exact problem uh, just a couple days ago. That's uh, fine. Let's get to some of this uh, Kevin McCarthy sound. Then is she back with me? No. Let's get no, the Kevin McCarthy sound. He, of course, finally got voted in. Four days, fifteen votes, over 150 years since we've seen the process take this long. We're just reading that uh, stupid New York radio message board. I, you know, I read this once in a while. I don't know why I do it. This Alan Snippen, who's, I mean, I guess he's a nice guy, but he's a dentist and he's stupid. He knows nothing about radio. I mean, just nothing. He's like 100 years old, and he still thinks Imus was great. I mean, God. And then you get this, uh, some idiot on here that's talking about Ernie Anastas coming on with me today. I, I just have to read this. I, I know no one pays attention to this board, but, but I do. So I'm going to read it, and then I'll, I'll get to it in a second. So the Post reads, Ernie Anastas is coming to WABC, and he's going to join me, by the way, coming up at 840. So this uh, Pat Alder says, according to Sid, Ernie will be joining him, and Linda Cohen will be doing sports. Well, that's <laughs> reading it. Yeah. Linda Cohen's not doing sports, Pat, you moron. Yes, I am insulting you. She's coming on as a guest today at 925. Ernie is not one. <laughs> Ernie is not one to tolerate a lot of what Sid currently does, like insulting listeners. Well, what do you expect me to do, Pat? Your own two sentences here are beyond stupid. Of course, I'm going to insult you. I gather cats. You ready for this? I gather cats is trying some things to halt the listener exodus. 
listener Exodus in the 12-plus category. I just beat the living daylights out of everybody in this city, including WFAN, WOR, WCBS. What listener Exodus exactly, Pat, are you talking about? I'm just curious. Moses, lead us. Yeah, the last six months, my ratings have been through the roof, anywhere between a 4, 5, and a 7. In the morning, the most typical time of the day, what listener Exodus are you talking about, moron? And that's why I insult the listeners every now and then, because when you say stuff that is a fact, a, a, a lie, you're not going to get away with it. It's just a lie. There is no listener exodus. I'm destroying this. I'm killing it. Good morning, Pat. Pavlidia, how are you? I'm doing well. That was, uh, I'm not a moron, right? No, no. I heard you're you say, not, this not moron. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so remember that famous interview that you did with Mayor Adams? It yes. Worldwide news. Yes. So just to refresh everybody's memory, this is what the mayor said regarding Colorado busing hundreds of migrants to New York City. Take a listen. We were notified yesterday that the governor of Colorado is now stating that they are going to be sending migrants to places like New York and Chicago. Uh, This is just unfair uh, for local governments to have to take on this national obligation. We've done our job. Uh, There's no more room at the end. Well, there. So it looks like uh, the Colorado's Democrat mayor, Governor, excuse me, Governor, Governor Polis is heeding that warning. And he is now not going to be sending hundreds of migrants to New York. No, no, it is the mayor. The governor is Abbott. He's the mayor. but he no, is, no, no, the Colorado governor. Oh, Colorado, Colorado not Colorado Texas. Governor. You're right. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. You're right. Um, I don't know if Mayor Adams, has he said anything since we've heard from Polis or, or yes or no? Do you know? No, this just happened yesterday that Got we it. found out from Governor Polis that he is now heeding that warning because Mayor Adams, as well as Chicago Mayor Lightfoot, you know, yeah. Beetlejuice, they yeah. wrote a joint letter <laughs> saying, hey, don't send them our way. It's not fair. We've We've overextended our resources. And, you know, of course, I know Mayor Adams. He's he's your friend, Bray. You guys hang out and stuff like that. But he keeps saying he needs more money when he needs to put the blame squarely on Biden, who I heard you talking with Rich Lowry before. He visited the border. He was only in El Paso for four hours, right? And then when he was asked by reporters what Biden learned, what he learned during his trip to El Paso, the president simply responded, "They need a lot of resources, and yeah. we're going to get it for them." I and mean, look, the other it, point it, I, no, I know, yeah. but, but now doing that conversation I had there with Adams, where you just played that audio, Lydia, I did say to him, "I and go back and listen, not you, but others." I said, "Listen." You got to blame Biden because uh, way before you were getting buses of people and DeSantis was sending people to Martha's Vineyard, there were overnight flights that only Miranda Devine and Rob Astorino were talking about to uh, all these airports in Westchester, Stewart Airport. That was a Biden thing. And Adams did not stop me or disagree with me during that conversation. And Adams did, did get a little testy about Joe Biden and this specific topic about two weeks ago. So he has 100%. been. Did you hear that? Yes, of course I did. Yeah. That's why I told you I wasn't blowing smoke up your butt when I said you did a fantastic interview. Thank you. I'm telling you, you did a fantastic interview. That's why people look, who would I'm not going to listen to Sue when he talks to Mayor Adams. Hello, your interview affected change. Do people understand that? But because you spoke to Mayor Adams, it made worldwide news. Literally, it was picked up by every single news outlet pretty much in the in the in the not only in the country. I'm being serious in the world. 
Now, all of that attention, the Colorado governor is like, oh, man, I can't be sending hundreds of migrants. And he didn't do it. Yep. And that's why it's so important to talk to the other side. No, it's true. And, and look, and, and what's important, too, is that when the other side is willing to listen, I mean, I don't think Kathy Hochul would take my phone call in a million years. I don't think Joe Biden or Kamala. And by the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them anyway. I despise them. But the fact is, Mayor Adams, he's willing to sit with me. He's willing to listen to me. He's been doing it now with other Republicans. Cindy Adams, who has been really tough on the mayor, I mean really tough on the mayor, she had dinner with Eric this weekend, and now she's singing a completely different tune. So I would advise folks out there to place city, city before personal bias. And I can promise you, if you ever sit down with the mayor and talk to him, He's a pretty charming guy. He does care. That doesn't mean he's going to be great. He's not Giuliani. He's not Koch. He hasn't done as much as he said he's going to do, but his heart's in the right place. He wants to do it. And I believe right now, look at the rest of the field, he's the right guy for the job. That's the only way we are going to make a difference is if we reach across that aisle and we work We work together. Because isn't that just, the ultimate goal is to save our city. We That's don't want right. it to go down the drains. And so Biden just, I know we got to go Biden. So right before he went to El Paso, if you, I put it on my Twitter. If you look at some pictures, December 24th, right up to the new year, even a little bit after, you saw the streets were packed with migrants, specifically around churches, you know, these nonprofit organizations and everything. I mean, these people, they were, they, they had no, the, the shelters were so overcrowded. They had to live on the streets. And at times, even in El Paso, Overnight, it was dropping well into the teens. So it's not even humane for these people out there. And then right before the president came on January 7th, there was a massive cleanup. So you tell me why that was cleaned up. People were asking me. I put it on my Twitter and I said, because the White House press corps plus their cameras would be in tow with the president. So they got to make it look all sanitized and nice and clean, you know, before he came down. So the world wouldn't see just how disgusting this crisis has become. We, we've got almost like 2,000 migrants a day just coming through El Paso alone. It's not sustainable. So, sorry for the technical difficulty. I'll work with Dan Herschel to figure out what the heck is going on. But I'll be on tonight with 5 o'clock John Cassidy's and we'll talk more about this issue and so many more affecting our city, our country, our state, and let's get the job done. Let's, let's bring it all back. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Don't know when I've been so blue. Don't know why. Come over you You found someone And don't it make my brown eyes blue The lovely Crystal Gale turned 72 years old today. Happy birthday, Crystal Gale. Don't it make my brown eyes blue, 72. Where have the years gone? My next guest on what's been a great show already is my favorite anchor in news history, I, I, I watched Chuck Scarborough a little bit. He was fine, NBC. And I used to like Bill Ritter, but God, he's, uh, that's over. Uh, Ernie Anastas was uh, the best of all time. Evidenced by just incredible stays at not one, not two, but three networks, two, five, and seven. Also has a very lengthy radio career. Now doing Positively America 
and just the sweetest guy you'll ever meet. And now, part of our team here at WABC, I'm proud to call him a friend and a team member. Here he is, the great Ernie Anastas. Oh, you are amazing, Sid. I, I, I sent you the check, so we're covered, okay? <laughs> I have to tell you. My goodness. No, it's you, true. Sid? It's true. I, I bring on all these guests, and I prepare, and a lot. I mean, I really do my homework. And reading your bio and all your yes, resume success, I nearly had an anxiety attack. I swear to God, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a blessing for me, uh, for this career, I mean, a, a little guy coming out of a small town in New Hampshire, and then New York was my favorite city in the whole wide world. I had a lot of relatives here. And to come here and, and to have that kind of, you know, success is very humbling for me, and I've just enjoyed it, and I continue to enjoy it. You know, I have a, a Greek background, as you know, our, our dear friend John Katsimatidis and his family, we share that. And a, a Greek philosopher had a wonderful line. He said, I have a wish to die young, but as late in life as possible. And, and that's uh, what I, like I believe. That. I believe mm. that that spirit, yeah. you know, within you that says, I want to try new things. I want to be the best that I can be at whatever gifts I've been given. That's my life. That's my life, Sid. I love it. No, and that's you. You're a very positive guy, very optimistic guy, clearly appreciative. Gratitude is your middle name. And I told you this when I saw you a couple of weeks ago. I didn't really know, didn't really know uh, what your political preference was when you were anchoring 2, 5, mm-hmm. and 7 and that sure. has completely changed. I mean, I can't get through one newscast without Bill Redder making one editorial. I'm probably, you probably like him. That's fine. Or any one of these guys. I don't know what's happened, but it's almost impossible to watch the local network news because their bias comes out every night. You know, Ernie, that's the last thing these people should be doing. You know, uh, I, I have to tell you, yes, Bill Ritter, uh, you know, is a friend of mine. We have, the, you know, the same alumni situation at WABC. And I have a lot of respect for the people who are doing their job every day. I really do. And I, I must say that with all honesty. Uh, but do we all have differences of opinion? Of course. Uh, one of the things that you know very well that's come up now, is it news or views? And I think that's the challenging question for a lot of people today. They're looking, they're watching, they're reading, they're listening, and they're saying, okay, is this news or views? If it's identified as a viewpoint, um, I have no problem with that. Freedom of speech, I'll defend that to the, to the end of the, the world. Uh, but I think that we have to be careful and be responsible for what we're saying and what we're doing so that people can have a sense of the truth somewhere. And I think you agree with me, Sid. And no, no, I do. I mean, sides. no, no, listen, but the, but the views, I do agree with you. The news yeah. and views, if you're doing an interview show, if you're sitting around sure. like The View, that's one yeah. thing. But when you're delivering the news at 6 o'clock, 11 o'clock, that is mm-hmm. no place for views. That is news. And clearly this modern-day collection of folks, they have uh, convoluted the two for some reason. You know, it's so interesting, and and I would love to be able to talk even further on this because I've just had such an interesting perspective of the news business. Having started, you know, as I was a a young kid, I was a teenager, I was in high school back in the 60s, but I've seen the evolution. And when I was a desk assistant at Channel 2 right out of college, I remember reading a a book that they had at CBS, and I was working with Jim Jensen and Walter Cronkite. I mean, I was a young desk assistant, and I was learning a lot. And they had an actual book set that talked about how an anchor, how a reporter was going to handle themselves on the air. And they specifically said that you would never show uh, a facial expression, your, the inflection of your voice. You had to be very careful so that there was no hint in any way that you were giving an opinion. And I, that really stuck with me, and I'll never forget that. And I said, you know, that's important. You know, you're supposed to be right down that middle, straight down the line. 
you said you never knew about my political opinion. You know, I've always tried to stay right down that middle. Many times when I've gone into the polling booth and people will see me walk in and I'm in there for a long time and I'll come out and they'll say, gee, you know, you really took a long time. And I said, yeah, because I've covered so many of these people Hmm. that I had to really think about where I really wanted to go. And that's the kind of openness that I've always had in my life politically and in many other ways. I think that it's important to just respect everybody's view and opinion. I respect that immensely. No, I respect that immensely. And and to your credit, when you did do the news, that's who you were. I never really had to try to figure out. I knew exactly what you were talking about. You delivered the news. And that's why you're the best in the history to this day. I'm going to put you on hold for just a couple of minutes. We're speaking to the great Ernie Anastas, now a team member here at WABC. This guy's terrific. He really is, as you can tell. Sharp, brilliant, sweet, optimistic, all the things we need to change the direction of this city, of this state, and this country. More with Ernie Anastas and Crystal Gale right after this. Oh, well, Huey Lewis back here with Ernie Anastas at 8.55 on your Monday morning. So I know well, growing up as a kid, Ernie, I, my dad, my mom, they, they always watched you wherever you were. They, they loved Michelle Marsh. They loved Kitey Tong. You worked with all these sure. people. What time? Now, you had Warner Wolf, or did you? Yes, yes. Warner was, uh, was doing the news with us on Channel 7 and also on Channel 2. Uh, an interesting guy, to say the least. Let's go to the videotape. Right, now, now, was he on the set with you the night his teeth fell out, or were you out by no, that point? No, yeah. no, <laughs> that happened after. Uh, <laughs> that was an unfortunate situation, but, you know, he tried to handle it as best as he could. Yeah, he you know? Now, he's great. He worked a, a long time with us here on ABC with Imus, and then him yes. and I kind of replaced each other two or three times. But you're right. Let's go to the videotape. And then you watched Storm and Frank Field, right? Absolutely. I had the father and son. Uh, Storm and I were Channel 7 and, and Dr. Frank Field, who, by the way, is doing very well. Uh, I spoke to him not too long ago. He's down in Florida in Boca Raton wow. uh, and, and having a good time. And, you know, I have to tell you something. When I was on the telephone with him, he did not sound any different than he did 40 years ago. Neither Just do you. Incredible. Neither I mean, do you. Really, I mean, the great energy from from him. You sound exactly the same too. I must tell you. And uh, but Boca will do that to you. I lived in Boca Raton for sixteen years. And, you know, uh, you were down in Florida because yep. I know that you were at Waxy W A X Y. And there's an interesting story about Waxy in Fort Lauderdale. I was with RKO Radio in Boston. I was doing morning news, and they bought RKO bought Waxy in in uh, Florida. And they sent me down there to put it on the air. I was like a news director, program director, no and I put Waxy on the air. And that's your old station. Yes. No kidding. I didn't even know that. That what is my old station. Business, right? Yes, yes. I have many, many days on Miami Gardens Drive, Waxy and all those great stations. I spent 16 years in Boca, 11 years in Miami Radio. Yeah. But, but all I wanted to do, Ernie, to be honest, was get back here. I used to anger the Miami audience even more than anger this audience because <laughs> they'd, they'd be like, oh, I-95 North Sid is right down the block. If New York is so great then go back, and I'd always say, when I get the opportunity, I will. And sure enough, I got you the bet. opportunity. Yeah. And you know, working all over the country, Ernie and Ernie is that there is no place like New York, especially oh, if best. you're succeeding. The best. It really, and, you know, I have to tell you something. I'm so happy to be part of the WABC family. I mean, you know, John Katsimatidis, very dear friend, his wife Margot, a wonderful family, A.J., uh, Andrea and, and John Jr., they have just been so close to me for so many years, ever since I've been in New York in 1978. But, you know, when I'm talking about people like yourself, Cousin Brucey, Rita Cosby, Bill O'Reilly, Greg Kelly, Joe Pisco, people that I have worked with, people that I know and am part of this family, 
I, I, I really have to tell you I'm excited about it and the kind of programming and content that I hope to bring to the radio station. Well, I'm excited about it. Let's this. talk about that for a second because uh, sure. there, there are message boards all over New York that are buzzing right now. Ernie Anastas with Sid Rosenberg, and we love Ernie, but what exactly is Ernie Anastas going to do with WABC? So let's find out. What is your, what is your daily job here? Okay, well, in, in a nutshell, what I'm looking to do is take a, take a look at what's going on in our news, different issues. Uh, it, it could be civility. Uh, it could be, you know, why, why are we having a problem with, with being so angry with one another? It could be our, our work, the economy. Uh, it could be stress in life, bullying, uh, aging. Uh, it could be anything from, uh, for example, how do we make football safer following that Hanlon injury? Yeah. Uh, the alarming rise in kids eating marijuana edibles. I mean, there are so many different topics, but what I look at is the problem, and then I look at the solution. I'll talk to people, experts, and give my own opinion about certain things. But I think that I'm looking to say, okay, if we have a problem, let's find a way to make it better. For years, Sid, I've gone on the air at at 11 o'clock and said, good evening. Mm. And then I had to tell people why it wasn't. Oh, wow. And I said, you know what? That kind of negativity, uh, I, I heard from people over the years. I still do. And they say, I need something that gives me a little uplift. That doesn't mean that we're going to ignore the stories of the day. In no way we have to know what's going on. But we also have to take a look at the other side, look at the balance. So that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. In addition to that, I'm going to be out on the street doing something that I did on Channel 5 for years, and that is my question of the day. So I go out there with my microphone, and I ask people questions like, who do you trust? And hmm. then we get into a little conversation about that. Uh, what's the best thing you expect will happen in 2023? Uh, does, does money buy happiness? Hmm. Uh, what's the best thing about living in America, about living in, in New York? There are different ways that I want to bring out people's opinion on this particular love series. It. I love and, it. Yeah, that's that sounds great. For. 30 seconds to go. You've been uh, in the city for a long time. A lot of mayors have come and gone while you were on television from the Ed Koch's to the Rudy Giuliani's. Oh, my God. You, you love this city. How do you think Mayor Eric Adams is doing? Well, you know what? I've, I've heard the interviews. I think Eric is trying. I think he's making his best effort. Uh, there are difficult situations. He needs some support. He needs some help. He needs to be able to be energized to go in there and say, okay, here's a problem. Like I just said, let me find the solution. That's what I would like Eric to do. Look at the problem and give us some answers to solutions and take some action. I am so excited that you're here. You know that when you've come here two or three times, you can see it in my face. I really, really look up to you. You're the best, Sid. I love you, man. Thank you. We love you. You know that. Thank you. I love you, too. Congratulations. Welcome to the team. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. You, too. There he is. Ernie Anastas. You guys, I mean, that's a guy. You talk about heroes, and we go to ball players like Macedonia. Phil goes to some crappy center on the Denver Nuggets. Ernie Anastas, that's a hero right there. That's a guy that knows... This business was a pro, still is a pro. God bless him. Almost 80 years old and has never sounded better. Welcome to the team, Ernie Anastas. Still to come this hour, Inna Vernikov, Brooklyn Councilwoman, Linda Cohen, ESPN Sports Center anchor, and your chance at cash and prizes with Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers, Sid's Take, all coming up in the fourth and final hour on a Monday. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Boy. From my friends. The star of the show. Oi. Oi. I spoke 
to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Boy. This Boy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Watch me. Casey Kasem, long-distance dedication to a friend of mine listening right now. Good luck, by the way. Come February 7th, I'm all over it. It is 9.07 on your Monday morning. How great was Ernie Anastas? Was that great or what? Ernie Anastas. I think when I was a kid, I think I wanted to bang Michelle Marsh. Did I? And now it's Ernie you want to bang. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the former giant punter Dave Jennings had some, like, public fling with Michelle Marsh. Uh, I think you're right. right. I think so. Yes, because I I hung out with Dave Jennings. uh, Yeah, he's gone. God rest his soul. What a great person What a great guy. I loved Dave. So we had two uh, segments with Ernie and Anastas. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Which Lowry was great. Uh, Curtis Sliwa was great. Still to come this hour, Linda Cohen, my favorite ESPN Sports Center anchor ever. She's called my shows all the time down in Florida and New York. It's been a while. She's back today. And the lovely Brooklyn Councilwoman Inna Vernikov uh, is going to join us. Oh, I love that song, Dan Ross. You love that song, Lewis? Well, I was just telling Phil. I said... Phil was, was squinting, saying, like, what's, what, what is this? What's going on? I said, well, it's Diana Ross. Right. And yeah. if you are of an age like us, like yeah. that was. Like old. They're gonna, like El- an age called old. Oh, yeah, like yeah. ancient. It, that was, she was so big in the 70s. Oh, huge. That and was that, from Mahogany, of course. And that was the kind of thing you would hear on ABC back in the 70s. When on it was the mu- station. When it was music radio. Yeah, you're right. No, you're, you're right. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when, um, when uh, what's her name, died. Um, Aretha Franklin died. And the first thing, God bless Bernie. God rest his soul. I miss Bernie. Coming to you live today from the Bernie McGurk Studios. The first thing he said that day was, well, she wasn't no Diana Ross. I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's not exactly the tribute we want to put on here today, Bernard, is it? Well, she, he's right. I mean, Diana Ross had many more hits than Aretha Franklin, but. What? Aretha Franklin? <laughs> Yeah, she died like a couple of years yeah, ago, and, I know. She, and and Bernie brought up Diana Ross in like five minutes. I, I don't know. He had a whole thing for Diana Ross. Oh, I, he I really did. By the know. way, she was just named the best singer by Rolling Stone. Diana Ross? Uh, no, Aretha. Oh, Aretha Franklin. Franklin. She was yeah. number one in this two hundred whatever the heck it is. I don't know. I do. I love Diana Ross. So I mean, I, Aretha was fine, but I'm, I'm a Diana Ross fan, and whatever. I I, I don't I don't uh, Phil, you don't like any of that stuff. I tried to sell Phil this morning on Emily in Paris. My new favorite television show, starring Phil Collins' daughter, Lily Collins, who's amazing in this show. Darren Starr, who did Sex in the City. 
He created this this show, and it is it's not good. It's awesome. It's a mix of Sex in the City and uh, Devil Wears Prada. Basically, the clothing is gorgeous. Phil Collins' daughter Lily is in Paris, and all the guys are really good looking. Like really good looking. Like it's annoying to watch it with a woman, because I you know I'm a great looking guy. I can't compete with these guys. Come on. But um, I couldn't convince him to watch Emily in Paris, so I'm sure he's going to hate Diana Ross. I like some of that type of music. I'm not too big on Diana What, what do you mean, that type of music? Give me an example of one. Uh, i got to get Dana Vernacoff here quickly. What do you like? What I, song? I, I, like, uh, I like, like Ella Fitzgerald and Nina Simone. Oh, you Simone. do like Ella. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're cool. I'm not, I, I don't really listen to Diana Ross. Yeah. My friend Dolores Catania from the Housewives of New Jersey used to love Diana Ross. Loved. It's a favorite. A favorite of all time. Yeah. That changes everything then. Yeah, and of course now, it does. now I like Diana. Thank Ross. you. There you now go. See now you now you're getting with the program. You've read the script, obviously now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The script. Excellent. That's what I, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was doing. I was reading. <laughs> yeah, Inna Vernikov is uh, a Brooklyn councilwoman, and happens to be one of my favorite people in Brooklyn. So I got this kid Mike Ragusa in studio on Friday, and through Lauren Conlin, I got to, I got to know Mike, and I'm endorsing Mike in that council race against Ari Kagan. On the Republican side, because Kagan's a flip-flopper and a, and a phony, uh, up against this uh, Justin Brennan, who I've known for 23 years, who's also no good. And uh, so I was told that Inna and Joe Borelli and a bunch of people are endorsing Kagan already. But Inna texted me and said, slow down, the old Lee Corzo, not so fast. And here she is, Brooklyn Councilwoman Inna Vernikov. Good morning, Inna. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Always good to be with you. Always great to have you, sweetheart. Now, the, the word on the street is is that you and Borelli and all these very, very important Republicans are already endorsing Ari Kagan, which upset my friend Mike Ragusa, and that's why I had to text you and you texted me back. What's the real deal on this upcoming city council race? See, Sid, this is how rumors start. We have to be careful what we say on the radio, on TV, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's why I texted you. I want to clarify um, so look, here's where I think, and you know I love you, here's where I think you went wrong. Okay. Um, I think you jumped in a little bit too soon to support a candidate in the race because it's, it's, it's a little bit early and there are still candidates registering their committee. And I, I look, nothing against uh, Michael Gusa, nice guy, met him a couple of times. But there, we look, my goal is to make sure that we get as many Republicans in the city council as possible. In this race, 47, District 47, Justin Brennan is not going to be easy to beat. This is a district that Lee Zeldin lost by two points. So it's not, it's not such a strong Republican, you know, a place where you need to work very hard and you need to appeal to a lot of Democrats in order to win the seat. So we need to make sure we have a strong candidate who is, has a strong background, who is qualified, and who is going to be able to beat the Democrats. So I, I wouldn't jump so soon to support anyone, uh, you know, in the primaries right now because there are still candidates. And I know I, out of respect, I'm not going to say who they are because they haven't announced yet. But, but I, you know, I think we got we to gotta wait a little bit, you know, before we start supporting. No, no, listen, uh, on, no, that, that's fair on your part because you're a responsible politician. I'm just a dopey radio host, and if my friends are running, I want them to win. And as long, <laughs> no, I know my voice matters, but but as long as thank you, as long as they are Republican and they're a friend of mine, and in this case, Mike Ragusa is both, then he's going to get my vote early on. I'll never do that with a Democrat. As long as he's a Republican, he's a friend, I'll endorse him. But you're making a very very fair point in that there are others that are coming along the way, and and you think that maybe. Some of these folks are impressive. 
yeah, I mean, we just got to wait and see. I think it's going to happen soon. But the goal is, look, we have five to six seats, and we looked at many seats uh, in, in council because the maps change, the demographics are changing, uh, people are coming out to vote more, Republicans are, you know, more coming out to vote more, they're angry about what's going on, they're angry about the Democrats, and, you know, things have changed now. So there are about five to six winnable seats if we do what's right, if we get the right candidates in, we're going to go out there, campaign, you know, like kind of the way I did and people uh, helped me, but, you know, kind of the way we did in, in my race, where we really, really came out. We had got tons of volunteers. We got the word out, and I won by almost 30 points. And we can do that. I believe we can do that with all five to six seats that are winnable, but we got we to gotta get the right candidates in, and we got to do the work. I keep hearing, you know, from people that are in Bay Ridge often. I'm not in Bay Ridge very often. You know I live in Queens, but I'm right over the bridge. I'm at Kings Plaza, Flappish Avenue in five minutes. So, you know, I'll go to Brennan and Carr. I'll go to Michael's. I'll do the Oasis Diner, that type of thing. But I'm not going all the way out to Bay Ridge, to be honest, as much as I love Third Avenue. But I keep hearing that it's changed. It's not the same. And I hear that about a bunch of Brooklyn neighborhoods. Is that true or is that an exaggeration? It is true, and again, the map has changed as well. Um, next year, it's going to be a very different map than it was last time. And yes, the neighborhoods are changing. I don't know the very particulars because I'm not from Bay Ridge, um, but yes, things are changing, which is why we have to be careful, uh, you know, and we to see what the field looks like before we jump into to a race. What about uh, your specific area? Because that's my area, right? The Midwood section. You've got Sheepshead Bay. You've got Gravesend. Uh, you've got basically where I grew up. Not even basically, where I grew up for over 30 years. And when I do go back to those neighborhoods, they look really, really good. Uh, your neighborhood specifically in Brooklyn, are you happy? Coney Island as well. Are you happy with what you're seeing? Is there more work to be done? What does Inavernikov's district look like? Well, there's always more work to be done. And by the way, we're actually number two in constituent services in the entire city. We have a very busy office. Yep. But look, there's always complaints about garbage, especially on Sheepsa Bay. You know that area. I know you always talk about it. Sheepsa Bay by the train station. It's pretty nasty. But look, people also have to, you know, uh, be a little bit more responsible, not just blame the agencies. Because like I always say, DSMI the Department of Sanitation is the best agency that we have. They're very responsive. They're, you know, they're very, very good. Whenever we call them, they're there within the hour to pick up the trash. But people have to be also a little bit more responsible. Um, but, you know, in general, you know, everything's going great. Um, the crime in our district so far, so good. I mean, there are little things happening here and there. But relative to, our, to other districts, we're doing pretty well. I also wanted to announce, if you don't mind, that, there's an organization called Legion, um, and they are opening a chapter in my district. I'm going to be supporting them. It's an organization that does self-defense. Um, it's, you know, kind of not only for Jews, I don't want to say that, but a lot of Jews because of the anti-Semitism, yep. the insane rise in anti-Semitism, are uh, going to be participating. It's an organization that I personally participated in for two years. Uh, it did self-defense, uh, Krav Maga, self-defense, active shooter training, emergency first aid. I think in times my like these, God. people need to defend themselves. Oh, yes, I actually broke my foot well, doing it. You did? Oh, my God. That's smoking hot, by the way. i got to be honest with you. You're in a vertical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but I, got I walked past. I, I work out at the YMCA in Queens and New York Sports Club, but YMCA. So I walked past a YMCA in, a, in Midtown. I took a picture. You're going to see it on my Instagram. And I walked past the place, 
and there are three banners up right outside the building. One is BLM. I don't believe in it. I think it's a Marxist terrorist organization. You want to help? You have that sign? Fine, no problem. The next sign is gay pride. Okay, I think it's a bit too much, but you want to hold it up there? Fine, no problem. The next sign is stop anti-Asian hate. I'm all for that. What is missing after reading up those three? They had anti-Asian hate. They had BLM. They had no gay pride. But in an era where you're talking about anti-Semitism is on the rise, there wasn't one sign outside this YMCA in Midtown about stopping attacks on Jews. Not one. Oh, yeah. It's not popular. You know, when uh, BLM came out with uh, with all of their stuff, um, every single corporation jumped on it, right? And uh, if you look at what happened with Kanye, they did that very quickly with Kanye. But you think if he was a Democrat tool, they'd do that? Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. It is. Um, it was disheartening, I must tell you that. Very, very disheartening. All right, so on the way out, once again, to kind of recircle this conversation, you're saying that you have not endorsed anybody, not Ragusa, not Kagan. It's too early in the process. More names will be announced. But you expect, at the end of the day, to have a very impressive Republican field for the city council race in Brooklyn, and we expect to beat Brennan come this summer. Yeah, and I mean, look, that's the goal. And again, nothing against Justin Brennan, just we got to get a Republican in there. It's very, very important. We can really change the trajectory of our city if we get more Republicans. And just think about that possibility, having a real Republican block on the city council, what can be better? Things can really change for the better for our city. Um, And, you know, it's nothing personal. And I understand, you know, your friendship, um, but I think we have to be careful you know, biases aside, we have to get the best candidate for the job. I can't argue any of that, by the way. Well, it's great to have you back on the air, and, and, I, and I enjoyed our time together also in Marine Park during that Lee Zeldin deal with Dove Hiking. Oh, that, that was, was great. great. Yeah, that Thanks was so great. Much for coming out. Oh, that, listen, I came out, I want you to know, Anna, with two minutes left in the jet game on a Sunday afternoon, only for you, Anna Vernicor, but it That's was... I love you, Steve. <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you. Uh, continued success uh, in Brooklyn, and We will see each other quite a bit, I'm sure, for this race this summer. Thank you so much. For having me. Take care. Inna Vernikoff, one of the great council people we've got. Terrific councilwoman out of Brooklyn, New York. Does a great job. Talking about great women. She's come on my show all the time. Then ESPN said, "Mm, not anymore, but she's back. First time today. My favorite ESPN Sports Center anchor ever. Linda Cohn coming up next. The Giants are in the playoffs, and this weekend is NFL Playoff Weekend. All very exciting stuff. Keep it right here with me and Diana Ross on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Oh, my God, I'm so happy Linda Cohen is back. We saw Linda on my show quite a bit down in South Florida. She was on me and Bernie a couple of times, and um, things got a little hairy politically, so. It's been a while since Linda's been here, but she remains, in my opinion, the greatest sports center anchor ever. And I know her personally, and she's a delightful lady. And she loves the Giants and the Mets and all the teams that I love. So it's always a big honor to have her on the program. So here she is making her return the perfect time with the Giants in Minnesota on Sunday, my dear friend, Linda Cohen. Happy New Year, Linda. Happy New Year, Sid. And by the way, whoever is responsible for playing Sweet Talking Woman by ELO, I love you. I mean, that's one of my favorite songs. So that's perfect intro, plus all your kind words. Great to be talking with you again, Sid. Well, good, good to have you back. I, I, we, we split the music selection, me and my, my guy Lou Ruffino, but that was Lou Ruffino who actually picked that song. And you may remember Lou, he worked uh, with Imus for like 30 yes. years. You remember, Linda? Yes. Yeah, so, Legend. Yes. Legend Lou. Yes. Legendary so now Lou. he's with me now, and uh, he played that song. So, uh, Lou, what do you think about that? And I know you love Linda, Lou. That's a big deal. There's no question I love Linda. Now I love her exponentially, like <laughs> uh, Jupiter-sized. That's great. Uh, Linda, really, let's... Awesome. Yeah, let's talk. what do you want to talk about? Can I just go into this before we talk to Yes. Giants, yes. Uh, about, I, you know, you... You have you love football as much as I love football. We're old enough to say we've loved it for decades since we were little. I have never seen two. I t- tweeted about it. Two head shaking, tone deaf incidents that I saw yesterday that were the worst ever. I know you're talking One about the Steelers. What is the Steelers, yes, right? Yeah, Steelers, and then the, the the stupidity of that rookie linebacker on the Packers to shove the Lions athletic trainer yep. and get kicked out of a game they had to win. Of everything that happened this week, how can you be so tone deaf? I couldn't believe it, Sid. Yeah, I mean, especially the Steelers guy to, uh, you know, act like he's a CPR after what uh, Hamlin went through with the Bills. And, you know, look, and, and, and I took a, a stand, which I think, uh, Linda, is going to be relatively unpopular, but I do feel that way. I think sometimes when we, we take tragic events and we overplay it, and it gets perverse. I mean, thank God Hamlin didn't die. Thank God. He's a young, strong thank kid. God. He's 24 yeah. years old. I think he's actually going to play again. And this is just for me, okay? Uh, you know, like Peyton Hillis, for example, he dove in the water to save a drowning teen. That was heroic. Right. Pat Tillman right. took a gun and went to a cave in Afghanistan. He got hurt playing football, and while it was tragic, he was okay. And, and don't be mad at me, but I thought the tributes and the backwards jerseys, after a while— it goes from a, an uplifting, heartwarming story. It gets a little perverse. And I know I'm not alone when I feel that way. That's just my feeling. Yeah. Um, um, you I'd can like disagree. More. I mean, I, you're allowed, you know, listen, if I had my own show, I'd probably share a lot. But I understand it. You see, there's something because every one of those players and everyone that runs a team and even the commissioner, Roger Goodell, I mean, this is in their own backyard, right? right. And then they just want, you know, here's the best part of this besides that DeMar Hamlin, thank God, is going to be okay. R- correct. He's a good kid. Yes. He's a good kid, yes. Sid, right? Everybody likes him, yes. All, yes. All that money that was raised on his uh, children's fund drive went from 2500 to $8 million. I mean, can, I mean, that just shows what kind of country did and what kind of people in our country really are. They're charitable. They're giving. And I thought that was such a, a bright light yeah. yep. besides Hamlin's health 
Right. No, I listen, I agree. And don't forget, I'm not doing sports talk here. So I spend a lot of my time talking about politics and news. And I have to tell you, Linda, that last Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday from the former mayor of our city, Rudy Giuliani, who gave $3,000 to Hamlin's charity, to other folks, they were in tears. I mean, they don't watch every game like you and I. They're not uh, maniacal football fans, but he certainly touched the hearts of people outside of football. It transcended a football story. So in that respect, you're a thousand percent right. Yeah. And so it, it was bigger than all that. And that, yeah. and that is why everyone jumped on board. There yeah. were a couple of things that went on that I understand what you're saying. Yeah. That what I had a problem with, there were certain people that were on TV, right, that are personalities that I felt leaned toward making it about themselves. Correct. <laughs> that's exactly what I said this morning. You just nailed it. Let's move. But that's it. Uh, that, that's perfect. That's exactly what I said. And that's why I love you because you're brilliant. Uh, but I do want to talk about the, the, the actual scenario now, which becomes really annoying. I mean, I thought what Skip Bayless said was horrendous. You can't expect those guys to play that night. That was horrendous. It was beyond stupid. But, but they should have found a way to play this game because playing the Chiefs and Bills at a neutral site after spending 17 or 16 weeks on the football field is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you know, listen, there were, remember, you know it, you read it, we talked about, people were talking about, you probably talked about it on the show, there are other options that could have happened. Again, would it have been the end of the world if we didn't have two weeks before the Super Bowl and you pushed everything back? Right. Uh, that was an option that I was not going to be startled with if they chose that uh, decision. But I just feel, you know, it, it isn't. I mean, this is a different situation. It was never – we've never gone through it. And, you know, the, we're re-quoting everyone who was saying life isn't fair. Well, life isn't fair the way it is. Go out. If it's a neutral field, go out and win the game. You know, you believe in your teammates. Make it happen. Uh, I know the Bengals were upset. I did like the coin toss celebration by Joe Mixon. That was funny. Hopefully he won't get fined for that. No, that I was mean, funny. Yeah. If, he, if he gets fined for that, then the CPR moron on the Steelers. And by the way, <laughs> one more thing about that. One more thing about that. I don't want to hear from Steelers fans who are like, oh, you know, we do this all the time. Uh, well, I don't care if you do it all the time. You don't do it this week. And you don't do it anymore. You know, I get in trouble all the time because I call people morons, and you just used it in the perfect. I mean, I just I can't say how much I love you because he is a moron, and you're right. The Steeler fans, just because they get away with it doesn't mean it's right. And if, if he gets fine mixing and nothing happens to the Steeler guy, I will also – I'll do a whole show on it. I don't care because you're 100% right, 100% right. So now uh, you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs. I look up and down the AFC here, the Jaguars – Unbelievable comeback. Peterson, Lawrence, fantastic, but they're not ready yet. The Chargers, I don't know if that if the offense is healthy enough, the wide receiving core. I do like their quarterback. Ravens with no Lamar Jackson can't take them seriously. So this is a very top-heavy AFC with the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Any one of those three jump out for you as the team that's going to move on to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona? Well, you know, uh there's something about, you know, obviously the Bills this year and everything they've had to overcome and all of this adversity and tragedy that has entered their organization this year. You know, everything from, you know, people dying in a snowstorm earlier in the 
you know, last late last year, obviously the mass shooting oh, there right. at yep. the supermarket. Okay, right. yep. Yep. there's a lot of stuff that is happening in their right in their own backyard, and now the Demar Hamlin uh, situation. So there's a lot of people across the country that have made the Bills when they don't have a dog in the fight. They made the Bills their team, and I, I'm a big believer, Sid, of you know. There's something else out there. You know, all this thing with the numbers, the three, you know, his number and these crazy stuff like, you know, uh, Josh Allen mentioned in his postgame, it was three years and three months since the the Bills opened up a game with a kickoff return for a touchdown, Um, you know, the the day after this horrible uh, collapse by Hamlin. You know, the Buffalo Sabres took uh, the ice and their star, Tage Thompson, scored his third career hat trick, three goals. It was his 30th goal of the year, and it happened three minutes into overtime. That is pretty great. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, Sid, getting back to it all, there's a part of me and a big part, and I went to school, a college in Oswego State, so Buffalo was relatively close, um, you know, going, uh, you know, living where I lived uh, for four years at beautiful Oswego. So my point is this. Well, a lot of people are going to jump with the Chiefs for good reason because of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Um, I, there's something about the Bills. They weren't even perfect yesterday. They didn't even play great, but you give them a pass. I think they could win anywhere. I think they learned from last year and that awful loss, you know, nail-biting loss to the Chiefs last year. So yeah. um, I, I like the Bills, but the Bengals have a chip on their shoulder. So, you know... It's going to be yeah. great that it goes down to these three teams. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And, and the Bengals. I don't think the others can compete. Oh, they can you mentioned. Yeah. You know, I love Justin Herbert and the Chargers, but not this year. Basically, they just saved their coach's job, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They, I think they have to win a playoff game, but yeah. I love, you know, what, where they're going. And the Bengals um, have the Chiefs number, too. They beat them three consecutive times. So, Burrow's got the edge on Mahomes right now. And on the NFC side, you and I are both diehard New York football giant fans yes. and yes. can't say enough about Brian Dayball. Bill Sims on the show just a couple of days ago said, Sid, I told you so, Daniel Jones, he's the right guy. Now, the Giants almost beat the Vikings in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. They're going to do it again in Minnesota Sunday afternoon uh, what do you like in terms of their chances, not just Sunday, if they get past Minnesota, a date with San Francisco? I think San Francisco right now is the best team in the NFC, better than the Eagles. What do you think? Okay, first of all, uh, I, too, like their chances, the Giants against the Vikings. I hearken back. It's not the same. I get it. It's not the same Giants team. But we all remember uh, Eli and company, how they played the Patriots uh, so hard in their final regular season game and only lost by a few points. And then, of course, they met in the Super Bowl. But it was that game that really helped that coaching staff, led by the legendary Tom Coughlin, uh, know the nuances of their opponent in the Patriots. And by the way, the the Pats were undefeated in that game. Correct. Exactly. So I think that Brian Dayball, who, like you, I agree, he's changed uh, not only my mind about Daniel Jones, um, I, I, anyway, two things. So I think that loss will help the Giants in this matchup against the Vikings, and that's why I like the Giants winning like a one-point game, you know, like 20 to 19, seriously, because mm-hmm. they have to keep it low or, you know, 24, 22, whatever the hell it is. But Brian, I was like you, Sid. I, when, when I fill in on SiriusXM Mad Dog Sports Radio, you ask any of my listeners or callers, for two years I've been anti-Daniel Jones. Nice kid. But I was like, what is going on here? There's no way, blah, blah, blah. 
the Giants hire Brian Dayball, and you know what he's doing? He's doing the same thing that he did for Josh Allen in Buffalo. For people who don't know, Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, and Josh Allen was a turnover machine in the biggest of spots when he started his career. And Dayball helped develop him, change him. He's, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is Josh Allen, but what I'm saying is Dayball has become the quarterback whisperer for yep. us, yep. Giants fans. And I don't want Daniel Jones to go anywhere. I'm not sure if I want a long-term deal, but franchise tag him or something, if you can pull that off. Um, I think he and Dayball have great chemistry. And, and oh, by the way, that's rare in the NFL. You had it with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Of course, you had it with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. To have that coach-quarterback relationship, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that's special. I agree, and they've got it. And I do think he will get a long-term deal, by the way. Uh, But we'll see. And, uh, again, if they win this week, it's really, really going to behoove the Giants to sign them long-term. We're running out of time here. But uh, promise me this. If the Giants win, Linda, and they move on to take on uh, their next opponent in the second round, you'll come back and we'll break down the next Giants competitor. How about that? Yes, but let's not uh, jump the gun. I appreciate it. That would be great. I would be worried if it is indeed, and it looks like it would be the the Niners. But Kyle Shanahan has overcoached before, and hopefully he'll overcoach again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if we beat Joe Montana in big spots, in big games, we can find a way to beat this very impressive kid, Brock Purdy. I don't know, but they look really good. Again, to me, they, you know, Hurts is still kind of banged up with the Eagles. He was not himself yesterday. That's still a very dangerous Eagle team. But that McCaffrey addition and that Niner defense, that is the last team I want to play inside the NFC right now, the last team. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. But it's a win-win that the Giants and all the fans, they're in the playoffs. But I do want them to be competitive against Minnesota and hopefully win. And guess what? It'll still be a victory for this season where we all thought they would be, you know, I don't know, win four games. Right, exactly, like, like the Jets do. Uh, Linda, I love you. Thank you for coming on today. And hopefully we get a win. You keep coming back. And really, I, I mean this with, with all my heart. I love you. I think you're great at what you do. You're a great, loyal friend. Thank you for coming on today. My pleasure, Sid. And let's go Giants. Keep up the great work and continued success. Let's go Giants. Linda Cohn, everybody, the best ESPN Sports Center anchor ever. Boy. Now it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take. Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, Justin Ellick here, your host of the Sid's Take uh, game here. Uh, today, uh, Movie Mondays, uh, again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are America's best-built boilers. Joe is out in Lake Grove. He's a contractor. What's going on, Joe? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my buddy. Uh, I would love uh, some more time to talk to you, but uh, we got to dive right in here. We have limited time. We are on the clock, as they do say. Are you ready to go? I am ready. All right. It'll be a pretty movie-based trivia today, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Number one, what former film rental store was offered to purchase Netflix in 2000 for $50 million but declined? Blockbuster. Hey, now. Very good. Very good, Joe. On to number two. What British actor is famous for his role as the fictional Mr. Bean? Ronan... Ugh. Mm. Mm. 
You're halfway there. Yeah, really on. Nope, I'm not holding on. I know what you're doing. I know what you were doing, Joe. <laughs> you slick dog. All right, Rowan Atkinson is your uh, is your correct oh, answer there. Yeah, there you go. All right, one for two under number three. What 1990 film earned the View co-host Whoopi Goldberg her Soul Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress? Uh, Ghost. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Two for three. On to number four, in theaters right now, what is the sequel to the highest-grossing film of all time that is already the seventh-highest-grossing film ever, despite releasing just a month ago? Avatar? Hey, now. Very good. Three for four, you're rolling here, Joe. On to number five. Let's end with a bang. What movie won Best Picture in the year Sid Rosenberg was born? That's 1967. Oh, boy, 1967, huh? Mm. I don't know. I'm going to take a shot at this one. I'm going to say... Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Ooh. Yes. Well, you're certainly not a loser there, Joe. Good effort. Uh, three for five. You'll take it, won't you? I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll get the big man in here. He'll give his best effort, and then uh, you'll, get, you'll get about a minute to talk to him afterwards, okay? You got it. All right. Hold on. Let's do this. Let's go. All right. Here we go. Number one. What former film rental store was offered to purchase Netflix in 2000 for $50 million but declined? Blockbuster. Hey, now. Very good. You got to get four right. You know, my father owned a video store once on Avenue U in Brooklyn. Avenue U in Bedford Avenue, and we had a huge porn selection. Oh, oh, okay. Mm. Could have I, anything. It was VHS back then. I took all, all the tapes home. Oh, My oh, father yeah. was like, well, why are these tapes missing? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. Where, are they, where are they now? <laughs> I used to laugh. Why are they sticking together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Th- those didn't get lost in the flood. Uh, Let's just put we, it had, we had the wooden door. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sid's currently looking for a VHS player right now. <laughs> yeah. Anybody know where Sid is? <laughs> all right, number two. number two. One for one. What British actor is famous for his role as the fictional Mr. Bean? Oh, my God. I should know this, right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Bean is played by uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh. No. Loser! <laughs> oh. Not far off, really. You're close. See this guy, Darren Aronofsky, on TV right now? Sure. He actually did sing at Morrow High School with my wife, Danielle. They did sing together. He has since won Academy Awards for, uh, what's it called, uh, Swan Lake? or Swan, the, Swan, uh, Swan something or other. The and now Black he's got Swan. the whale. Black Swan. Thank you. Now he's got the whale in theaters. Yeah. And him and Danielle work together to sing at Morrow High School, Darren Aronofsky. Well, he looks exactly like Steve Jobs. He a little putz. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, On to number said. three. What 1990 film earned The View co-host Whoopi Goldberg her sole Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress? Ghost. Mm. She was a spectacular in that movie. I loved her in that movie. Oh, Demi Moore was so cute. Oh, yeah. Baby. Two for three. Here we go. On to number four. In theaters right now, what is the sequel to the highest-grossing film of all time that is already the seventh-highest-grossing film ever, despite releasing just a month ago? Oh, yeah, with the Avatar. That's true. Uh, James Cameron's movie, uh, Avatar. I saw it the other day. I go, it's in the movies? Like, no one's even talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's already weird. weird. It's, it's already made almost $2 billion it has? in a month. It's the exact same movie as the first one. I, never, I, ne- I never saw And I love Titanic. I love Titanic. I never saw Avatar. I don't, I don't understand where this money's coming from. Me neither. At all. Yeah. all right. Well, we're not going to find out today. Coming Here we go. Did I win? No, you need this one to win. Here we go. What movie won Best Picture in the year you were born, 1967? Are you serious? Yeah. No, he's kidding. Uh, uh, in the year I was born, 67, the best movie was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, it's actually not a terrible guess, but no, A Man for All Seasons. Did he know that, the player? No, he didn't. Uh, but he went three for five as well. You tied. All right. Well, we don't have time to talk to him. The show has to be over. So, Joe yeah. from Lake Grove, God bless you. Thank you for listening. 
And uh, thank you uh, very much for playing today's game. We'll come back and wrap it up after this. I wanted to win today. Damn. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. album came out 39 years ago today. Man, I'm getting so old. Crystal Gale is 72. Ernie Anastas, he was on today, almost 80. The song is 50 years old, uh, 40 years old almost. What's going on, Lewis? Can we slow down the damn clock? You're a man for all seasons. Yeah. I'm going to be 56 in April. God willing, who knows if I'll even make it. You don't know. So many people hate me out there. I could be shot dead today. Plus, I've got... Uh, Physical ailments I don't even know about yet. I look great, but who knows? You've made it through now. You're going to be, you're fine. I'm fine? Yeah. yeah there's I when you get hit by a bus on the way home bastards, now. But I hope I don't get killed. I, I hope it, but I know I've seen you in worse shape. <laughs> oh, no, you have seen me in the worst shape. <laughs> the worst shape. There was a lot of shots and a lot of coleta. All right, show's over. What a great show today. Ernie Anastas was really great. I loved having him on. Linda Cohen was great. Inna Vernikoff was great. Even though she pissed off Mike Ragusa and uh, Lauren Conlon. Curtis Sleva was, uh, may have been the highlight. He was so brilliant. And uh, Rich Lowry was great, too. Got a great Tuesday show coming your way as well. Lou Rafino, you're always great, amazing, terrific, handsome. Macedonia Phil, hilarious. <laughs> Actually, that was uh, the Martin Luther King stuff today. was uh, brilliant, <laughs> Phil. Justin Ellick, uh, terrific as always. Deb Valentine, the ultimate professional Thanks to all of you guys. We'll do it again 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Enjoy your Monday in New York from all of us to all of you. Until then, at Diana Ross and my friend Steve listening in New Jersey. Peace. Give me some Van Halen. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.